The weirdest episode of SNL, Police Academy threatens theaters for the third time, and Games Radar begins its authoritative list of fart jokes this week on 30 2010. 30 Hi, Dr. Nick. Hi. <laughs> Walked right into that. embarrassing. Uh, uh, welcome to this is episode 12 of 302010, a weekly look back at what happened this week in movies, music, TV, and games. We uh, look back at 1986, 1996, and 2006, hence the name 302010. Mm. Um, one of your hosts, Brett Elston. Christopher Antista. Henry Gilbert. Diana Goodman. And uh, we always begin things, uh, well, actually there is no correct formula for the show at this point. <laughs> other, th- other than that, uh, the first segment is always, start in is always the 80s, but sometimes we lead with news, sometimes it's movies. Sometimes Super Bowl. Sometimes it's a Super Bowl. Uh, I know, but I, that's the only thing I hate about the format of the show, because like, if there's a big annual event, it like occupies not just yeah. every segment, but... Well, with, like than, being a week off, like yeah, we're well, still not out of uh, we're still not out of Oscars. I think. Other than Super Bowls, Oscars, and Olympics, like what else is there? They're going to be that the happens Grammys. thirty years. No, okay, yeah, you're right. uh, the Groundhog seeing its shadow. We're past that though, right? Yeah. Transformers yep. films. Oh, that's true. We should say we're at March eighteenth through twenty fourth. <laughs> yes, uh, as you know, if this is your first episode. We do go uh, week by week. So this mm-hmm. is what happened in the week that we d- just concluded. It's a pre-taped Colin show. Do not call in about this <laughs> joke. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to start with uh, movie news and mm-hmm. movies, movies in general. But uh, there is a piece of news attached to movies this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, th- 1986, Ted Turner completes his stock purchase of MGM. Oh, slash baby. Big deal. Uh, which uh, is the big thing. I guess growing up, it was he was synonymous in my mind with, oh, the guy who colorized all mm-hmm. the black and white movies and made him look like weird right. uh, Yoshi's but Woolly World. But how did he get those black and white movies to begin with? He bought MGM, so yeah. he would have their back library. It's it's probably the like in hindsight, it's the most organic and noble way to create your own television content. Like I just his idea was to purchase content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that we're going to be uh, we're going to have newscasters sit there and talk all day about video games. Like, no, I'm going to buy this big back catalog of classic content. Well, it's being and, undervalued. Yeah, and, and I know. He did. He bought a Bits of Wonderful Life to like get it off pub- at a public domain. Yeah. No. The um, I hate to bring up wrestling, but uh, no, no, it's actually relevant. Yeah, this is relevant to it. That um, this is in an interview with Eric Bischoff, who was in charge of WCW when it was that big, mm-hmm. and it was Ted Turner's organization. And he Bischoff brought up this thing I never thought of before. The Turner. The Turner was so ahead of the game of yeah. like you own your content. Yeah. You need mm-hmm. content, and then you distribute it places. You don't yeah. rent it or license it or lease it or yeah, whatever. Like at that point, you so own it yourself. TBS was like a Brady Bunch rerun, like <laughs> that's yeah, what well, they had in Atlanta Braves baseball. Yeah, yeah he, well, I think I, he saw ahead to the 24 hour cycle because yeah. yeah. CNN had already launched and he realized we got to keep stuff going 24 hours. It used to be TV shows just went off the air. Yeah. yeah. And then it, it gradually has become TV shows go off the air and it becomes infomercials. Mm-hmm. But it used to just be, it just stops. Yeah. But he bought, yeah, he bought sports teams like the Braves and the, the Braves. Fal- Falcons and the Hawks. He bought uh, WCW, he bought Hanna Barbera, he bought. MGM and yep. like those channels all st- they have different identities now but like they all started with like acquisitions from Turner yeah. and we all still watch Monday Nitro every Monday yeah, yeah. but yeah and he kind of 
this was one of his biggest purchases ever, and it would lead into the colorization thing, which I had heard people say uh, it had kind of a new Coke conspiracy theory that he makes people think he's colorizing them and they look ugly ah. just to popularize what would then be Turner Classic Movies of, okay, we'll show them unaltered and they'll watch it here. I just paid extra on Sling to get that channel because it is so wonderful oh in its film God, preservation yes. and presentation. And that is, Turner has his name on it, and I do believe Turner is a movie fan, and I believe he was sick of people thinking like this. Every, the kids, according to our data, think this movie's old because it's in black and white, but it's awesome. He's like, well, let's make it in color, and they won't know the difference, and they'll be able to enjoy Citizen Kane like the rest of us. And I watched King Kong in color. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the first things I ever saw colorized by Turner, and loved it. Didn't know the difference. But you can't colorize the pace of an old film yeah. or a transatlantic it's accent. True. Or... But it wasn't that dissimilar if you go back and watch bad 80s movies to well, movies made in the 50s. Uh, out this week, uh, well, Gung Ho is number one. Woo! We talked about it last hey. week. It's Michael Keaton in a pre-Batman world. Mm-hmm. Um, but pre-Beetlejuice a Beetlejuice world. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Uh, also, movies this week. Get ready for uh-huh. a gigantic shit show. Uh, Care Bears 2. Um, <laughs> which I remember seeing first as a kid. the spinoffs. Yeah, this is where the cousins come in, I believe. No, right? they came in the first one. This is like a loose prequel. They're back. The Care Bears and the Care Bear Cousins in their most thrilling adventure of all time, Care Bears Movie 2. It's <laughs> awful. I hate it. These are terrible movies. This movie was made in a record seven months. Even the announcer doesn't care. It, the whole movie makes no sense at all. Like it is, it's Again, I've, I've described Care Bears as the only improvised animation I've ever seen. It is first draft all the way. But it... It did pave the way for a lot of stuff you do like, up to and including, like, there was Disney had a monopoly on this genre altogether, and there was Ralph Bakshi, and this is, like, the only people who said, like, if we make movies exclusively for kids, we can make this work. Mm-hmm. Um, was, okay, so is this the one with the magician kid? I think, he, where she makes, like, a deal with the devil, essentially. Yeah, and yeah. they've got, like, a crystal or Dude, something. you should never watch these, I, I'm betting it's awful. Nobody. I... I, they could keep my attention for twenty minutes, mm. but uh, I I remember not even liking the car the movies. I have tried. I have tried. But I loved my Tenderheart toy. He was mm. the one I had. Yeah, I was into the toys, and I remember getting like the yeah. plush ones, and then also even just the regular plastic figures and like the heart that they oh, lived yeah, in and yeah, the cloud yeah. car and all that stuff. I mean, Japan had been doing this kind of stuff. Like, and then we're society gonna... told me those are girls' toys, and <laughs> yeah, I don't like yeah. them anymore. Uh, Japan had been doing like making cartoons out of its toy lines for years, and this is kind of America's first stab at that. And well, once Reagan broke down the walls of uh, <laughs> yes. advertising toys on television, Era, the, uh, Care Bears oh. was from a greeting card company that got spawned mm. into toys that spawned into a film, and those cards that nobody liked, and for weird reasons. They're still around. Much worse this week uh, is another movie that I hate. Fly with the GoBots as they face their greatest challenge. Come along on the grand adventure. GoBots, Battle of the Rock Lord. The brass in that. Like, calm down. We were watching. We were watching this earlier, and I sometimes uh, toss a little shade at Transformers the movie, and this makes it look like a fucking masterpiece. You're, at some point, you're going to have to deal with my Transformers well, speech. Well, I've but, never uh, had an issue with the design and the animation. Yeah. Like, when you see, like, this is the so, same year. What is the history of the GoBots? I mean, yeah. it's just like Transformers, but they, mm-hmm. they just always seemed... 
Like, the toys themselves, uh, they just seemed less sophisticated and more crude. Not that a lot of early Transformers weren't also. They just didn't seem as neat. They didn't and then, have the posability of well, the none Transformers. Of them, none of the Transformers are very posable either. Nice but the Rock Lords were kind of dope. <laughs> At the I time. had a Rock Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and then Lord. Transformers had, I forget what the Meteorbs mm-hmm. or whatever they were called. I forget what they're called. Okay, so the, the GoBots the... are, like, cars and trucks that transform into robots, yes. like Transformers. Yeah, yeah. So what are the Rock Lords? The Rock Lords are, are they their, rocks that turn villains? into robots? No, I don't know. They're, like, rock people? That turn into rock people that transform from a boring rock into a. <laughs> it, I remember my rock lord toy was like, okay, separate the legs, the arms are sticking out, and it's a head, and it's just like it's still a boring rock. Like it, it's a toy that's Jesus. like, well, it's either a rock or it's a toy. Instead of it's either a car yeah. or a robot. It's like, a misun- car or a robot. That's cool. It's a misunderstanding of the idea of oh, if you buy one toy that's two toys it's even right. better but it's like no one wants a rock like yeah. I can go get a rock and <laughs> it'll like be cooler I feel than... like I'm in the scene from Big where they're like and then the buildings transform oh, into t- robots and it's like but then <laughs> when they're buildings they're just goddamn buildings they're not doing anything yeah. they should be like bugs or something that uh, looks pretty cheap it, too. well yeah. it's it's the show it's one mm. of those things that it's oh, it's, not, it's even worse it's it's not it's no better, and it beat the Transformers movie to market by six months, even though the Transformers Ooh. movie had been in development for years at that point, because they were spending $6 million on their movie Damn. to actually animate the shit out of it, yeah. and granted, it, it, it's born from the same cynical garbage of, we want to sell you new toys, so here's a movie well, to make it, the kids want them, but so, this movie is just like the yeah. same like low-quality... Like it's just a big TV show, yeah, and it looks bad when you look you, when you look at this or even things like American Rabbit or Care Bears. That's what people think the Transformers yeah. movie is. Yeah, and if you put these things next to each other, like there's a reason why I never let go of that. It's because it's actually good. Yeah, it looks not because I can't tell that it's bad. No, this, this is, is bad. This is bad on all. Lo- it's so bad people haven't even rediscovered how bad it is. Yeah. And it, mm. weirdly, it's I think not, it's, Tonka, just, it's yeah. from Tonka, who yeah. ended up who ended up. I think starting the Transformers and kind of losing out on that brand because like Transformers was two a couple different Japanese lines yeah, of they toys were combined. I believe so. They they yeah. tried to like Tonka's like well fine we'll make our own Transformers. Fuck you. We'll How get hard the movie can out it first. be, man? It turns out pretty hard because I don't think I could say GoBots to someone under the age of thirty and no have them recognize them at all. So I'm looking at the wiki. I did not know this, uh, but I mean Hasbro owns it all now. Yes, they much, do. Much like Vince McMahon, <laughs> of course. I own all the Transformers. <laughs> Uh, the universe depicted in the animated series Challenge of the GoBots and the follow-up film Battle of the Rock Lords is established as an alternate universe within the Transformers franchise. Oh, gross. I don't, oh, gr- I, I don't remember that. That's quite a retcon. But now, this is awesome. All right. GoBots are great, everybody. <laughs> but, uh, in 1986, Tonka was cashing cash checks. But, but so yeah. the voice cast includes Peter Cullen, who's Optimus Prime, <laughs> yes. by the way. He's in every cartoon in this uh, Margot Kidder. Hey. <laughs> Um, but also Good just her. the GoBot her. names of like, oh, Leader One. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's just cutting to the chase, man. I like the simplicity. And like Psykill. He's, he's a motorcycle. Big Good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a helicopter <laughs> named Copter. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not even Blades. Why isn't he Blades? When these would be playing on the USA you Cartoon bastards. Express, I'd just be like, is anything else on? No. <laughs> All right, fine. Ooh, C-SPAN. I'll watch this. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, there's a farm subcommittee. <laughs> <laughs> but what I did love about this trailer is one, there's there's so much loud noise and screaming. Like here is a rock man being uh, cut in half and then yelling. <laughs> So that, <laughs> that yell occurs like eight times in the trailer. Uh, and then uh, if I cut ahead uh, just a bit, this is someone else uh, yelling. 
and it's a it's a car with a face. It's just really yeah. bad. If you like GoBots, fine, but oh, you're an idiot. We don't want we don't need you here on thirty twenty ten. Don't want you. Don't need you. Uh, but man, Transformers movies coming up soon. Don't worry. Uh, also, also out this week, uh, uh, just between friends, Mary Tyler Moore, Chris, Christine Lottie, not. Uh, and Ted Danson I feel like I saw this like on cable a million years ago and it's just sort of it's just mashed into a whole bunch of movies that are like this that have like a really big cast a lot of people from TV and it's about different couples and their problems and maybe people are cheating with each other Hmm. who cares but I have my own problems I have my own problems too so I shouldn't watch this then Mm -hmm. nah no Uh. well the Transformers have problems and yet you watch Hmm. that so but their problem is a robot that eats other robots. Mm. I, I can't. I can relate to that. <laughs> uh, also, out this week is uh, Rad. Rad, yes. beautiful with we, Lori Loughlin. Yeah, we people. brought it up on a uh, Laser Time episode. Movie still not on DVD to this day. This is the movie I know that most people I grew up with have seen, and you cannot buy legally. So here's a trailer of sorts. His name is Crew. Hey, good looking. BMX is his world. <laughs> Rad is his way of life. World would be a lot better off without kids. <laughs> <laughs> that Wait, was my that? favorite Martian there. Yeah, yeah who's that Hi. actor? I recognize him. Yeah, Jack um, something. No, uh, no, was it the guy who was my favorite? Martian? It was the, literally my favorite oh, Martian. Oh, uh, Ray Bolger. That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Ray Bolger. Mister Mister Hand from Yeah, uh, Mister Hand from Fast. Oh, Island. okay. Yep. Yes, that's the same. Uh, but it, just again, this that, that eighties thing of like. Martian. Oh, skateboarding is cool. BMX yes. is cool. And like yep. now we have much how we'll soon talk about Top Gun, but it's like the idea of all these uh alternative things like uh alternative outdoor activities like yeah. skating, mm-hmm. biking. They just weren't I guess up to this point weren't filmed or mm-hmm. They're, they're getting their own Rocky, essentially. Yeah, to, and granted, and not on the same. There were a lot oh, yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's skateboarding movies. There's a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of them. There's, there's, there's some uh, inline skating movies. There's snowboard movies. There's skiing also, airborne movies. Baby. I also love they hired him because... Surfing movies. They must yeah. have just seen Fast Times and said, hey, we should just have him be that guy in our movie. Like, just have him be the guy who it's, says... It's, it's, it has the song Send Me an Angel. It is Ooh. wonderfully 80s. It's never not entertaining. And Brad is really great. And it is directed by... Who? Hal Needham. Hal Needham of Cannonball Run and Smoking the Bandit fame. You know, yeah. don't don't need him. Yeah, she, well, he's dead now, so oh. get ready to feel bad. Feel Earth bad. didn't need him. <laughs> but uh, what I what I meant was like Top Gun was like part of the reason it blew up was like no one's ever filmed planes quite like yeah. this before. So yeah. it's like oh well now because we know these we know kids and teenagers in the eighties mm-hmm. are interested in skateboarding, surfing. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, we maybe we didn't care about how they were filmed in the seventies, but now well, in the eighties let's film also, the shit out of them. It was also like the music videoification. Of film, oh, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's that "Send Me an Angel" prom BMX sequence is so good. Uh, oh, but, BMX bikes too. There were a bunch of movies about them. Yeah. So stupid. But I want to get to the main event. So of the main event here. of uh, the, the '80s six segments this week is 30 years ago this week, Police Academy three back in. <laughs> oh, God. Back in Action came out. Oh, you guys uh, talked about way too much Police Academy on we, Laser Time. We're done here. We did. in <laughs> uh, neutered sequels where we did an episode on Laser Time about sequels. Basically sequels that started out as R and eventually got PG-13. Yep. And the phenomena that I, I don't hear spoken about a lot that just like if you grew up with cable, these movies were fucking ubiquitous. Yeah. And so like the true. first two came out, they're rated R. They're in like I, I discovered the secret while researching them. They're sex comedies set yes. in camp. 
because they yeah. never do any policing at all. <laughs> the first movie, they're in training. The second movie, they're protecting training. The third movie, they're training again so they don't get shut down. And the fourth movie, Citizens on Patrol, yeah. they bring in new people to train so they can do camp jokes and put uh, uh, shoe polish around an air horn, gets on someone's mouth, and wax their nipples. Like That's all these movies are. They're remembered fondly by no one. No one has archived no. any information. They're, they have no fans, but they were all over the place. From 1984 to 89, there was a Police Academy movie released every year. There are seven films. There's one live-action series, and there's an animated series that ran two seasons. It made made Steven Gutenberg a star. Until until, uh, Mission to Miami, where he got out of there. Uh, Yeah, so So, we have a quick trailer. What's what's the subtitle on this one? Yeah. Back in Back in action? Damn it, I wish you'd get it wrong so I could have made you guess. I don't like knowing this. That's correct. <laughs> Ask me anything. It, it, it's back in action. Um, the first assignment, back in action, uh, Citizens on Patrol, Mission to Miami, City, uh, City Under Siege, and Mission to Moscow. <sighs> Got Our it. favorite graduates are back. We're here! Mahoney. We're rubies! What? Hooks. Don't move! Don't Callahan. Hightower. Tackleberry. Do you want to kill me? Butler and Jones. Their assignment? We're going to make one hell of a cock. Thanks, Dad. Oh, would you give this to Mom for me? Oh. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. It's, they're, they're just so, they're so weird. And like, they're, they're so, like, they're not funny. They're just not as offensive as I thought they well, were. Kids loved them because they were cartoons. Yeah, they're, like, yeah, they're basically cartoons. Yeah. And then the Police Academy guy, what's his name that makes all the sound effects? Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow. Yeah. That was that was him in there. And just just they called the character names. Like I saw all these movies hundreds of High times. Tower. And don't remember any of this shit. I would never recommend you watch these. But uh, the only one I do remember. One of the big recurring characters was Bobcat Goldthwait. Indeed, this is him. No, it is not, most Bobcat. No, he was uh, like not unlike the Joker in the Dark Knight films. They saved him for the second one <laughs> and then he eventually joined the police department in this one yep, so uh, face. The, you dub you dubbed this clip uh, at his bobcattiest see like i i am the biggest bobcat goldthwaite fan now are you wait he, hang on <laughs> and what I, like I but I it's weird that, that was he, all an act half his life <laughs> half his life now is officially dominated by being his actual self and not this character yeah. whereas I think mm. a lot of people may still associate I've gone, I go and see his stand up he's my favorite director yeah, yeah, sure. pretty much yeah. love Bobcat Goldthwait now, and he I does, love in this I paused it he basically looks like he's Threatening someone with a donkey. Tim Kazarinski, who's the only funny thing about the a donkey movies. conga controller. I can't. What? <laughs> uh, no, that's a, it. Introduced me to Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Well, I liked him as a kid, though it was almost too too much. I was like, "There's that theme." Calm it down, Bobcat. Kim Cattrall was in the first one, though not in uh, the later ones. And yeah, Mahoney eventually left. It also stars. Uh, we talked about Punky Brewster. They're, yeah. they're, uh, the head of the police academy is the Punky Brewster guy. Dad, and I had some news because I went and looked around. Like I have constantly heard rumors of a remake of Police Because Oh, that's inevitable, it's, man. Well, it's just, it made so much money. This is the third film. It is number one next week. Spoiler. Uh, and as will the next film, and these somebody wants there's somebody People dying wanted to, see these to make a new police academy. I want to see cops screw. They're dying to have an annual franchise that makes the money mm-hmm. that costs 
nothing. And this is and uh, so the future. So during a radio interview in March 2012, Michael Winslow stated production of the eighth film was due to begin in November. That's almost four years ago, uh, and that the offer had been made to Shaquille O'Neal to replace Bubba Smith uh, as Hightower. Yeah, right. yeah. Who was, was the giant black man? I was gonna say I would much rather just watch a movie about Bubba Smith going about his day. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah, no, he seems like a good guy. <laughs> it made a lot of people famous, but yeah, then it just in the, by the '90s it just became by the early '90s it was just the joke of like, it was a stink. what are the worst movies? Oh, Police yeah. Academy. Like, let's make fun of it. And like it, these are at least like you could even like. Ernest movies yeah. would get jo- jo- joked about as well. I mean, yeah. for for good reason. I mean, I whatever. But Ernest movies were at least like it's the same director. Yeah. It's a small, small, small production. Yeah. Like when it's when it's when it seems silly in scope or ridiculous or cheap, it's like, well, yeah. And with these, it's like you have a lot and of I, money floating around this franchise. You could have theoretically improved it in some. I like way. the idea that Ernest. I think Ernest is better as as Pee Wee because Ernest is, is a, spurred yeah. on like Jim Varney has to want to do this. Yeah, he'll yeah. write it with his buddy John and he'll have their friend star and it's the same every time. So it's this great. is uh, Homer on police. This is the best thing that ever came out of Police Academy. <laughs> Homer speaks to Bart about stealing. Like this is great. All of it. Stealing? How could you? Haven't you learned anything from that guy who gives those sermons at church? Captain, what's his name? <laughs> we live in a society of laws. Why do you think I took in all those police academy movies? For fun? Well, I didn't hear anybody laughing. Did you? <laughs> Except that that guy who made sound effects. <laughs> hog, hog. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, yeah. Stay out of my boots. <laughs> <laughs> only good thing Police Academy will be remembered for is that that one of Homer's greatest thirty seconds of all for time. Fun, Captain. What's his name for yeah. the Reverend? <laughs> oh, what a yeah. That that shows you where it was. That 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 was Marsh Be Not Proud from '95, I believe. In season seven or sorry, '97. That's how season nobody seven. respected Police Academy. If you like that joke, listen to Talking Simpsons, our other show. Uh, that yes. just is that. That is kind of this uh, too. We got a lot of TV. To yeah, go we got into. a lot of TV. Yeah. The same week, move on. 1986. Uh, take it away, Henry. Well, first off, I this is a lost clip that I wish I could have gotten, but uh, Bob Hope had basically seemingly ten specials a year on television uh, back then. But this was we're the worst. Bob Hope's Royal Command performance for the <laughs> for, uh, all the way from Sweden for the King Gustav and Queen Sylvia. That is some March SEO 19th. level bullshit. Yeah. Like. <laughs> And uh, the, the only boots. '70s kids will get this. Bob Hope, Ugg boots. But <laughs> the the annoying part was that there were there were dead links to clips of Dolph Lundgren and Bob Hope performing oh. bad comedy for the ki- for the royalty of Sweden. Like <laughs> uh, that just sounds perfect. Uh, and then the last episode of He's the Mayor aired today, which was mm-hmm. just, the uh, she's the sheriff. But let's just play the clip there. What is all this stuff? Coming soon to ABC. The city had a need and he heard the call, so he ran for the job in the city hall. There were lots of people who were putting him down, but he showed some style and he took the crown. <laughs> He's the mayor, premiering Friday, January 10th. It tells you how long it lasted that we're talking about it now. That, everything about that, I loved. Mm. 
Can you guess the skin color of the bear from the <laughs> song they bit? Yeah, so it was just the crazy idea of what if a man, a young man, a 20-ish year old man, is elected mayor of his hometown? It goes a little something like this. this. And it was just a comedy about like small town politics. It sounds almost like Parks and Recreation, honestly. But yeah. it's... Uh, but it started a rapping, uh, well, that rap thing. I don't know if the main character did it, but the only thing that else is memorable about it, so it aired, they had who, 10 Who episodes, played this mayor? Uh, it would be Kevin Hooks, who, uh, well, first off, okay. the, this only 10 episodes aired, three never aired, but were produced. Oh. Uh, but Kevin Hooks would go on to direct the Wesley Snipes film Passenger 57. Hey. Always been on black. And was the main series director for Prison Break. And in fact, ah. the Prison Break um, reboot or mm. relaunch that's about to happen, he's directed directing that too so wow. he just became a television director a lucrative job and even occasionally film director and so now he, the prison break star is captain cold on the flash really? yes yeah, the, <laughs> yeah that's that's the star of the prison break uh okay also there were the 58th annual academy awards on march 24th best picture winner out of after africa and hosted by alan alda jane fonda and one i told you we'd talk about alan alda <laughs> And one Robin Williams. This is Alan Alda week here. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Alda time. week here on Laser Time. So I found <laughs> the entire thing, but I just wanted to have this one funny clip here of. Uh... These are really lousy seats. Yeah, you can see everything. Oh! <laughs> A special thanks to uh, Roger Ebert yeah. and Gene Siskel in the balcony. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, but it, it's... everybody, every voice you heard is dead. Those are Muppets kids. Muppets. <laughs> every... So Muppets. this was so this was 1986, and uh, Robin Williams was still hot a hot ticket. And mm-hmm. but it almost watching other clips from it, it seemed that Alan Alda and Jane Fonda were the real hosts. Mm-hmm. They're like, and now here's Robin Williams to say funny things. And it also harkens back. It, it had a clip in there that I totally forgot about, which was back when the host would just look at Jack Nicholas or Jack Nicholson sorry Jack Nicholson and say superstar? hey I'm gonna do my Jack impersonation right at you Jack and nice. then they cut to Jack like eh. it has been a long time since Jack just sat in the front row with his ray bands <laughs> on yeah. nodding oh, I off that. I missed that when it, was the last time anyone saw him in public uh, the sure SNL 40th games. anniversary where he sounded senile. Because, yeah. yeah, we mentioned on a pre- previous episode of this show where you were like, you know, it's been a long time since we've seen Sean Connery. Yep. And I'm wondering about Jack Jack's Nicholas. in his baddest space there. Jack is also in the audience with, like, he's got a cast on his hand. I, I hmm. don't know what happened, but he's also there with... Uh, his from then, bashing his your then, brains, his in. then girlfriend who was nominated, Diana uh, Angelica Houston. That is correct. Oh. One yeah. best supporting actress that year yeah, for uh, right. Pritzi's Honor, directed by her dad. John which Houston. made when she won it became the Houstons became the first three generation family wow. of Oscar winners mm-hmm. Walter Houston won for uh, supporting actor in Treasure Sierra Madre wow. John Houston won for writing it plus a bunch of other stuff and then Angelica Houston won for, for uh, starring ha- in it hasn't happened since it has happened once since the Coppola's the oh no nope, the <laughs> and Robin Robin Williams does a Walter Houston imitation at nice. the, the Houstons it was, it's really cute look it up guys and then lastly speaking of Francis Ford Coppola Yes. This week aired the weirdest SNL ever, which I had never heard of until this point. So uh, this was the Saturday Night Live that aired on March 23rd. And when you look it up, as I did, it Mm -hmm. just says it's hosted by George George Wendt. I'm like, oh, George Wendt, this is a nothing episode. But it actually is not. Super fans? So, well, no, Chris (laughs) Farley's not there yet. Super fans. But but it actually is not. So Split Sider wrote all about this. So I'll just give the... Cliff Notes version of it. Technically, Francis Ford Coppola is the host. 
But really? the mm-hmm. plot device established in the first episode, there's the a first cold sketch, open. There's a new opening. Is that Lauren Michaels is given reins of the show up to Coppola, and he'll be directing the show in every segment, and that Shoot. so he is just kind of. Each each sketch is kind of about jokes about directing a film yeah. or like him saying like no George went stop give it more give it more you got to say this better like all these scenes and the weirdest of all is that the musical guest is Philip Glass and this is Whoa. when Kwana Squatsy oh, wow. I believe it just come out and, and it was a huge deal Philip Glass That's is it Philip Glass recorded a new intro for the song it's the only time they played a different song over the opening. Mm-hmm. And he's the musical guest. And here's just... Avant-garde composer. He's our musical guest. Holy cow. That's just Kyle Scott. And he played this live. (laughs) Wow. His band played it live. And then... uh, If you kids, you might remember this from the GTA 4 trailer. The the, uh, official announcement trailer. Oh, yeah. I know. So, yeah, it was... And uh, Watchmen. It's played during the Dr. Manhattan portion of Watchmen. And this is the weirdest... See, this is the weirdest thing about it, that like eighty, the 85 to 86 season is the oddest one. Yep. It was the rebuilding season where Lauren Michaels tried to restart the show after taking it back over mm-hmm. from Dick Ebersol. It almost killed the show. It was yeah. such an unpopular season. Thankfully for them, the next season they hired Dana, what, Dana Carvey, uh, John, uh, uh, Phil Hartman, Jan Hooks, um, Hooks Nora yeah. Dunn. All the big ones. But Well, actually, Nora Dunn is in oh, John Lovitz are one. in that season, along with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, and, right. Uh, yeah, Split Cider has the whole thing about it. But that's, just that's how the it is. wonderful urban legend. I've never actually seen it. That uh, at the end of this season, this the show catches on fire, and Lauren Michaels says, uh, "John Lovitz, just come with me. Let's get out of this fire." And everybody else involved in the show is fired, mm-hmm. except for John Lovitz, spared uh, at the end of the season on screen. But yeah, the whole yeah, it's oh it's, Coppola, he, he does his liar sketch. Tommy Flanagan. Oh no, it's Master Thespian. It's Master Thespian, and it's interrupted right. by Francis Ford Coppola, who is directing the sketch. It's really weird and uh, conceptual. The whole episode. Yeah, um, it's and there's it's also strange that there's. NBC has only uploaded about eight minutes of it yeah. to to the internet because oh, it's, it's just probably hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on really quick before we head out of the '86 segment, uh, it's no, it's worth noting that 30 years ago in March of '86, don't have a hard date, but since this is getting towards the end of March episodes for us, uh, Ubisoft was found, founded 30 years ago. Uh, uh, began distributing games uh, for EA, Sierra Online, other places in Europe. Uh, over time, grew and. You know, stopped doing distribution, mm-hmm. got their own development going, and now has offices all over the world and is one of the hugest companies that exists in yeah. video games today. Um, and right now, just a few blocks away during GDC, they're showing a Eagle flying simulator for VR, <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, their U.S. offices is about yeah, nine yeah. blocks from here. That's true. You know? yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, the, well, the weird thing about Ubisoft, though, is like in 2004, EA attempted a hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. And then apparently that is also happening like as we're recording this by Vivendi. Yeah. Wow. Because also oh. like people are trying yeah, to Yeah, they're it. just trying to buy enough of the stock to be yeah. majority shareholders trying of it. Get up in yeah. them guts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Assassin's Creed, uh, the, all the I did. I tried to look up their early games to maybe get like an early logo. That looked like Worker and Parasite, the video game. It's very, it's very uh, European, and the first thing you'll recognize is '89 Prince of Persia. Nobody listening will will have heard of anything. The world of French game development was not. It was a little bit in '86. It was a little behind. I uh, I dare you to remember a character called Roland. I dare you. (laughs) They they also one of their earliest games was Zombie, yeah. which yeah. then would be sort of remade as a Wii U launch. Game. I never knew that. 
Uh, closing us out in music uh, this week 30 years ago 6,000 radio stations mm-hmm. played We Are the World on, on <laughs> oh, March no. 28th which I think we talked about earlier Dan Aykroyd uh, baby the number one song uh, this week is from Heart uh, <laughs> released in July 1985 the album was but this week the number one song yes yes I'm back in a mall this was buying such, shoes this was such a huge hit you could not avoid it I love this song, man. I will not masturbate in a bathtub to any other song oh. but this one. But it's this so is beautiful. Well, this is also heart getting away from harder rock and getting very 80s. And I think this is the beginning where they started to shoot videos. Yeah. And they had to shoot around one of them is a much larger girl. <laughs> and they yeah. would always obscure it. And it was so not fair. Man, the, no, hair, it's the hair in this it's, is it's uh, The hair in this video is outrageous. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, I mean, it also was like. The the other the the less large one, uh, she was she fucking played the guitar man. You never got to see anything with a, a woman like rocking out on a guitar on they both mainstream rock, TV. Man. Barracuda's no, one of the most rockinest lo- songs of all yeah. time. I love heart. I love heart. No, I heart heart. Yeah, I heart heart. They're yeah. the best. I also like love. I okay. loved when they appeared at the end of. Uh, that's honestly the most memorable part to me of. Um, I love like, but heart love. The bri- bridesmaids when they uh, No, that's Wilson no, Phillips. Wilson cut Phillips. that. Cut that. That's Wilson Phillips. Nope. Your you want to keep messed up, Henry? You're going to keep talking. I got to keep recording. <laughs> uh, Pet Shop Boys also put their album out, Please, mm-hmm. which includes a song that I definitely enjoy. Mm-hmm. Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. Yes. I don't know many other songs by them. I don't really either. Uh, Send me an angel. They did a terrible, absolutely fabulous theme song. Um, yeah. That was great. Weston Girls. Uh, uh, this album, 30 years ago this week. Wow. Yeah, I can't close the Ah. You're not going to get the end. No. You got to listen to the rest of the episode later in the month. Uh, but taking us out, most importantly, oh, 30 years ago, Van Halen 5150. Huh. Yeah. That means dreams. Why can't this be love? Which includes the line, only time will tell if we stand the test of time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still correct. He's not wrong. Uh, but, dude, Dreams is one of my absolute favorite. I like love that song of the Batman and Robin soundtrack. It's not in that. Oh, Come on. But Dreams is, uh, is the credits music to the Power Rangers movie for some reason that would come out <laughs> nine years later. But, dude, Dreams is, like, to this day, one of my favorite videos of all time that I saw as a kid is, like, the Blue Angels flying set to Dreams. But uh, taking a status, Van Halen Dreams, 5150. This is when Sammy Hagar kind of fully was, like, completely taken over from David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. It happened sooner than this, I think. But, I don't know, Hagar gets kind of, you know... I don't know. There's there's a rift between David Lee Roth, like mm-hmm. the jump and Hot for Teacher era, and then this era of Van Halen. Yeah. But they're both great for their own reasons. Uh, you can't mess with Dreams, man. This is such an uplifting, <laughs> great song. Uh, we'll be back with what happened this week in 
never seen planets like this before. You transform heroic planet rock into a mighty war planet with massive armies. You construct shadow leader moons to build the ultimate war planet of unlimited power. Massive weapons to face the ultimate evil, the beast planet. Weapon fire on every side. Reveal the planet-eating claw inside. You transform mighty planet bones with stinging tentacle attack. You transform heroic planet ice with freeze ray missile blast. A universe at your command. Weapons smashing. Planets blessing. Missiles fire away for all-out war. All-out war planets take command. The power is in your hands. Totally new war planets, each sold separately. You can collect them all. Batteries not included. That is Return of the Mac. So good. Uh, <laughs> released 20 years ago this week in the UK. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, man. I wish I had that. I have it isolated on this computer. That <laughs> that and my other favorite line from it. Doo-doo. Doo-doo-doo. <laughs> Doo-doo. Uh, released, yeah, 20 years ago in the last UK. Episode. Much like last episode, we talked about Hanson and mm. Mbop. Uh, it was released in 96 in a different form uh, Mbop was, and the one that became big wasn't released until 97. Return of the Mac similarly was out a year before it kind of blew up in the u.s and 97 mm-hmm. i think is when this song was really like a thing but uh this is one of those great uh i don't know i guess he's a one-hit wonder because i don't recall anything after this point um written by mark morrison mm-hmm. um, I, I never heard of this i don't know yeah i've heard of that song but not the <laughs> well yeah the, but yeah, i remember watching this video and like this this kind of being one of those early transition songs of like oh i guess i don't like i guess i do kind of like hip-hop mm-hmm. i just never the two things mm-hmm. never crossed my mind of like oh i like this music that therefore means i don't like this other music mm-hmm. and then i remember seeing this on mtv a lot I'm like oh actually this is really pleasant and i mean it is a very I think it, si- took, it took me a long time to like embrace this song but this is a fucking crazy original song. I really enjoy it. <laughs> it, it. it. It apparently samples, uh, yeah. that's why I was playing, Like it samples two pieces of Genius of Love by Tom Tom Club mm-hmm. uh, and Games by Chuck, Chucky Booker, uh, which mm-hmm. Genius of Love I know, but the other one I don't really know. Uh, Genius of Love being <laughs> this riff that everybody knows that would then, what, be in Heart, uh, Mariah Carey song yeah. and like, like informing so much about it. This will keep coming up in 90s music, constantly referencing uh, 70s and eight, early 80s songs. But, uh, yeah. I'm going to have some fun. It's good stuff. Uh, but also at this week, uh, this is a momentous occasion. Okay. Uh, one fine day, <gasps> after 11 weeks at the top, is no longer the number one song. Yay! The no- <laughs> The number one song. For all the ah! I knew this was coming. Didn't I say this was coming weeks ago when Up Close and Personal came out? It is. Uh, yeah, it's the theme to Up Close and Personal. Film I don't recall at all. Michelle Pfeiffer? Talked about it yeah, all you had to do was be in a Michelle Pfeiffer soundtrack in the mid-90s. Just yeah. rocket you to the top of the charts. Fucking hell. I lived in the goddamn dorms in 96 and the <laughs> oh, bitch <wow>. next door. <laughs> 
played this over and over. She played it over and over and would be like, this makes me think of my boyfriend. Then he dumped her. Yeah. And uh-huh. then she played it even more. Oh. Right, of course. Because she was needing to feel sad. So this is, um, uh, my sister played this at her wedding. So. Of course, everyone. They're still together, so that's fine. This Good song plays every time I get my hair cut. To this day. <laughs> uh, pretty much every time uh, I'm in a bank or uh, buying meat. Uh, I mean, Celine Dion took over the world in 1996, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, this and this album that we talked about earlier, like this, will go on to be a, a huge album for her. Yeah. Um, but also, and then at this a year week, later, she'd be in the fucking Titanic soundtrack. Yeah, she's like, she ain't she ain't done. Uh, here we go, big finish. There we go. Uh, also, at this week, Beatles Anthology Volume Two, oh. which includes outtakes and alternate stuff for mm-hmm. Help and yep. other. Beatles thing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hard Day's Night? I don't I remember don't if it was the Anthology 2 or Anthology 1 that had some really, really good acoustic versions of stuff. Mm. There's a great Strawberry Fields Forever and I'm Looking Ooh. Through You and, and you know, all like the demos bird. and stuff. Free really as cool. a Bird's the first first one, Diana. I know yeah. that. I know that. And then uh, Los Lobos of the La Bamba. The Wolves. The La Bamba yes. cover. Uh, Colossal Head, new album. And then Bare Naked Ladies had an album, Born on a Pirate Ship. Mm. <laughs> Destined to make children's music. Uh, this is probably the album that, that Brian Wilson was on before it got sped up and the world was introduced to the live version. Yeah, it's definitely not one week and all that stuff. That's yeah. still a couple mm. years away. Uh, also, also uh, Girl 6, a Prince album for the Spike Lee Spike movie. Oh, movie. I didn't know. He wrote which, not good Spike Lee movie. Wow, the yeah. first not good Spike Lee movie, is in my opinion. Is it the first one? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's, he's following up a bunch of fun stuff. Crooklyn was pretty decent. Oh, yeah. That's 94. Sure. Mo Betta Blues. Mo Betta, Mo Betta Blues. Blues is good. Malcolm X is good. Do the Right Thing is good. She's got to have it's good. Yep. Uh, and then uh, music news note of the week is Phil Collins at this point says he's leaving Genesis to pursue <gasps> his solo career. <gasps> he's um, been talking to Jesus about it. A.K.A. the Tarzan soundtrack. He knows he's right. <laughs> uh, Thank you, he's You're like, welcome. He, he got his big Disney check. He's like, uh, yep. yeah, I ain't got time for Genesis anymore. Yeah. That, did that, does that sync up like a well, year I mean, Well, no, three years from now, is okay. uh, Tarzan is out mm-hmm. in in June of 99. So I doubt that's the reason he quit. But no. like no. knowing how long that movie was in development mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how soon the music has to be done to, to animate two. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. probably working on this not long after this decision or this news yeah. came out. Yeah. Uh, other news this week. Uh, San Francisco has its first domestic partnership laws enacted. 165 Yay. couples. Boo, not in my America. A man and a woman. That's what... <laughs> my views have to reflect the entire country or get out. Uh, 165 couples take part in a mass ceremony. Aww. How come nobody can laugh when I'm being silly? <laughs> like, you're never going to have someone Boo. like that really on these podcasts. Because it cuts a little close to home. I guess. Why. It's yeah. 96, It's though. not a joke to a lot of people. It's not, a, it's not yet a joke. Shame. Uh, yeah, shame. Also, uh, no, Henry got a big shame last week for uh, saying a Superman song sounded Japanese. Uh, but uh, <laughs> did oh, man. Uh, it's in one of the nine shows. I actually can't remember which one. It was. <laughs> All right, but Chris did the shame thing. But Fair. also of note, uh, KB Toys, mm-hmm. uh, the overpriced mall to- to- toy outlet that we all hated, uh, was sold to. <sighs> the a, name of this company, company is like uh, Judge Dread level <laughs> awful. Uh, KB Toys, a place of happiness and bright colors, is sold to Consolidated Stores Corp. <laughs> Consolidated Stores Corporation. Oh. Now you know what the, you know what they are. They are just liquidators who go up and pick the bones yes. of yeah. failed businesses. So KB Toys, uh, when all of them got shut down, where I was as a kid, and they were all oh, everything was a dollar more, two dollars more because they were yeah. all in malls. So therefore, mm-hmm. the prices they gotta higher. pay that big rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all ended up getting their shit got funneled into a place called Toy Liquidators. Yeah, and it was an actual no, just like. Toy Mm-hmm. So if you wanted your 
Chicken Run toys in 2004, yeah. that's where you would go to buy those. <laughs> uh, but I remember that. KB Toys for... Actually, this is... Uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the action figures that I have that yeah. are pre-Marvel Legends, totally. so like ni- 99 and under, like the Iron Man toy line, a lot of the Spider-Man no, toys, X-Men toys. Exclusively KB's domain. That was not in no, Toys they, R Us. they had them in Toys R Us. Yeah, but KB seemed to like focus on like, we definitely have these here. As you are getting older, kid, yeah. come to KB. Well, so that's the thing is... They had them well after Toys R Us no mm-hmm. longer carried them. But the thing was, they ordered so many mm-hmm. of them. And the shows, the cartoons finally went just sh- ate shit. Yeah. And they had so much inventory that for for at least two years in the mid-90s, uh, mm-hmm. actually probably right around now, actually this lines up 96, derp, uh, it was three for ten. Three, three action figures are ten bucks. And yeah. it's like, mm. that's how I end up with, yeah, I'll buy Dragon Man and <laughs> and Ahab and all these terrible X-Men villains. I don't... It's like... It's probably how I ended up those with them, too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. Those are all X-Men characters. Dragon Man is, great, Dragon Dragon Man is a great toy. Man. Dragon... Yeah. He's an android. Yeah. And technically speaking, he's, he's not... He's more of a Fantastic Four enemy. Yeah, he is. But I mean, like, all, yeah, Ahab, all, all the toy lines, like, they were all the same scale, the same mm. toy biz... Thing. So you could buy a Fantastic Four toy and an X-Men toy and a Spider-Man toy and a Ghost Rider toy and a Hulk toy. Like, all these things would, would fit. The scale was all the same. So when it was 3 for 10, that's how I have every Iron Man figure they made in the 90s is because it's like, well, I got uh, $20 this week. I will only spend half of it and get three Iron Man figures. sucking out the marrow of a KB toy store? I when certainly I, did. Also, I, I remember getting uh, specifically Super Mario Land 2 there. I remember mm-hmm. buying it because it, it was in the plastic case in a bin, and then we had to take it up there, and they unlocked it out of the plastic case. Uh, and I also remember when I was a real little kid, I had like a wart on my foot, and we <laughs> uh, this I was like six, and... I was taken to a very old school doctor who was like, well, you have to burn it off. Mm. Like, burn off this wart. And I cried so much. My mom felt so awful of doing, of taking me to this person that I, she then was like, well, I'm just going to take you to this toy store. Whatever toy you want, I will buy it. And I will not do this again until next week. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Listen to these shows all together and someone do a wiki of how many toys Henry had. (laughs) It's everything. What is uh, everything? Do you remember what you got to soothe Uh, your foot pain? Yeah, like, so it wasn't an extreme toy. I couldn't, like, point in a $100 Optimus Priming it back. I need need a smash cut to the toy you wanted. All right. It was a, it was one of, you remember the Autobot Transformers. Too much much information. Autobot Transformers that turned into that were planes that then five of them put together yeah. made one guy. Yeah. I got one of the arms of that. Okay. That, yeah. I think Superion. You bought is an the... arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he, I he's treasured just... him extra because I yeah. I associated with the pain and the happiness <laughs> I felt after that pain. Uh, yeah, he, he's his own toy, uh, but then he becomes a piece of the other, of the bigger one. Yeah, that, he he's still just Johnny Longtorso for Mister Science Theater. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's a toy you buy in pieces. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he. I'm pretty sure uh, pieces. he becomes Superion. So, if, yes. Henry, if you got the right arm or the left arm, could you tell me which one it was? Uh, I would say left arm. So that would be Slingshot. Does yeah. this guy ring a bell? That's him. Yep, that's Slingshot right there. Hang on, hang on. Let's compare him to the right arm. This I'm is Fire Flight. Having a stroke, guys. Uh, Oh, no, I, uh, no, it was not Fireflight. No, he was not a biplane like that. He was Slingshot. Uh, that's not a biplane. He's only toast. That, that's an F4 Phantom knockoff, yeah. Henry. Everything's gone dark. Welcome to the new show, Toys yeah. Without Pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, movies, movies, movies this week. Uh, Birdcage is still number one. Uh, raking it in. We actually... Oh. We ta- <laughs> Birdcage still number one. 
we we talked about it last week a lot, so there's a lot of good clips. So if this is somehow your first episode, give last week's a listen. Speaking of domestic partnerships, huh? Yeah, that's hey. a good timing. Well, that maybe explains why Birdcage was such a hit. People were ready to laugh uh-huh. and in, embrace mm, 2016 even. Uh, Diabolique with Sharon Stone and oh, Kathy Bates. Oh, I don't know anything of the Chaz Palminteri. Yeah, as well? it's it's a remake of a f- mm-hmm. absolutely masterful French film. In some ways, uh, Psycho is kind of an answer to it because it's like Hitch- doing Hitchcock better than Hitchcock. Mm. It is really freaking good. Diabolique, meanwhile, was directed by Jeremiah Chechik, who has the weirdest career of all time because he made two great movies. Benny and June mm. and uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation mm. and then he destroyed his career by making Diabolique remake and then The Avengers Ooh. not that one the other one yeah, not, not that dude, one dude I really want to watch that again no. because Lord, no. I remember walking out it's I, I might have to do a shitlord's double feature of that and Spirit because oh. those, those are the two movies that I left going like I don't have an opinion I'm so confused and, <laughs> and like like thoroughly not humorously baffled where I'm I don't I, it's beyond my comprehension to have a feeling about this movie I'd rather watch Benny and June because yes. that's, that's not that's funny wonderful. the only thing I that's remember from it right now is uh, the music video. All the clips from the music video. And I would walk. Oh, wow. Uh, also, about Flirting with Disaster, yes. Ben Stiller ah, and go. Patricia Arquette. Chris, it's the Gibney. introduction of David O. Russell, essentially, for well, people who didn't yeah. see Spanking if the Monkey. If you didn't see Spanking the Monkey. But this is way better. But also yes. Mary Tyler Moore. What? Also, Mary Tyler Moore is also in Flirting with Disaster. Oh, yeah. no, but that's that's the thing. Like uh, this, The cast is a billion up-and-comers and a billion great old people. Yeah. George Siegel, Alan Alda, Mary Tyler Moore, uh, Richard Jenkins. That, with like, that seems like L- a big cast. It, it, I'm not L- even done. Josh, Lily Tomlin Lily before Tomlin, the incident. Before the incident, Josh Brolin, Ben Stiller, Tay Leone, um, mm. who else? Uh, there's, there's still more somewhere in there, I forget. Yeah. So it's great. It's, it's, it's Ben Stiller uh, and his new wife, Patricia, or Patricia Arquette, with her new baby looking for Ben Stiller's uh, biological parents. Mm-hmm. And it's he one was adopted by Mary Tyler Moore. It's one mishap after the other. They team up with a group of gay FBI agents. Uh, it's great. They end up taking acid together. And I, I, you have to, I'd yeah, love this I scene. I think this is a scene yeah. with Thanos? Is that yeah, this is, uh, no, this is not a scene with Thanos. You made LSD? Is yeah, that, yeah, that's oh, what you're yeah, saying? We made LSD. Yes, yes, we made acid. And we gave it out to people who needed it. You know that there are hundreds of pharmaceutical executives in this country that are selling drugs, FDA-approved drugs. On the open market. Over the counter with incredible terrible side effects. effects. And these people are not in jail. They're not in prison anywhere. They're they're in country clubs. They're playing golf. They're having drinks. Running the country. They're not running the country now. You know, LSD shouldn't be a felony in the first place. It's not addictive. It doesn't lead to violent crime. Uh It's Uh really the only hope for the species. Yeah. Did, Did you take acid while you were pregnant with me? You're not going to bring that thing up, are you? <laughs> uh, I, that scene seems who, like who, lovely yeah. and improvised, and like mm-hmm. that's that who Ben Stiller ends up meeting. These are his real parents, and they end up giving the FBI agents acid, stealing the wrong car, fleeing to Mexico, and he never sees them again. Uh, it, like it's it's just a weird '90s farce. I love them. That's one of those yeah. scenes where I recognized everyone in that scene yeah. and couldn't tell you anyone's name but Ben Stiller. Yeah, not even Alan Oldham. I recognize him absolutely. You know Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I love David O. Russell, even though yeah. apparently most people who work with him don't like him. But yeah, and who is his mom? Like, uh, Lily Tomlin. God, she's great. Lily yeah. Tomlin. And that he's but his adopted mom is Mary Tyler Moore as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, and George Siegel as his dad the, who shows Mar- her boobs and they look great despite yeah. her age though Mary Tyler Moore is also apparently a not fun person to work with I wonder who's harder to work with David or I'm Russell guessing or Mary anybody Tyler Moore. who worked mm. in the prestige of the 60s and 70s and is mm. used to being <laughs> catered to in every single way 
Mm. Uh, TV, Henry. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. This week, 1996. All right, so March 22nd is the premiere of Boston Common, one of many okay. shows that try to succeed while following Friends. It, and like most of them, it lasts for 22, uh, it lasts for two seasons. And like last not to be confused with Boston Public no. or Boston Legal. No, no, this this or the Jesus. Boston Red Sox winner of the World Series like nine hundred fucking times. I didn't realize uh, how many Boston so- series yeah. there are. So this starred Anthony Clark, who was wow. uh, a goofy uh, hillbilly type, well, not hillbilly it's... type, but a southerner type dude who goes up with his sister in a Boston college and decides he's going to stay because yeah. he's got a crush on a girl who's dating a professor there, and so that's the Ross and Rachel dynamic. You There's remember... a sassy black lady who runs the coffee place he goes to. You'll remember Anthony Clark from yesteryear, everyone. I'm sure of it. Yeah, that's sure. the, what show I saw. That like no one watched, but lasted forty seasons yeah. and made him a very rich man. Well, but that's, that's yeah. Anthony and Clark. Anthony Clark was a huge stand-up comic. Oh, if you yeah. well, let's hear some of Anthony Clark's love best it. stuff from uh, Doctor Katz. Doctor Katz, you're not listening. I am listening to you. Don't you think you should face me when we have sessions? I can face you, Anthony. Can you <laughs> stop tapping your shoe? Sorry, it's just a habit. What are you writing? It's a poem. <laughs> Love Dr. Cat. Whatever. He was great. He won like a bunch. I think he like won a bunch of Boston awards for being. Yeah. And I've not heard, seen, I don't hear of him in like 10 years. And I think he just cashed yeah. out with the sitcom money. And he's and like, oh, I got away. my sitcom money. And I don't care much for stand-up so, anymore. So he was right. pretty good. Yeah, no, he was good. He was good. But yeah, so he got to do that Boston common show. And like. I, when I saw it yesterday, I was like, oh, that must have been another failed thing. It ran for a million seasons. Yes, and, and really he, he co-hosted, co-starring the, the host of Guts. The yes, Guts. Michael, Michael Malley. Mo! All right, then, also on March 23rd, SNL was hosted by one Phil Hartman. Mm. And uh, I'm... Uh, Promoting what? It's House his guest. TV series, I think. But Okay, so I'm sure Phil Hartman won't say anything that'll sound weird after his death. <laughs> Oh, boy. But I'll tell you, I'm a lucky man. <gasps> but I'd be nothing without my lovely wife, Bryn. No! Our anniversary's coming up, and I want to buy her a diamond necklace just to show her what's important to me. Family, friends, good times, Michelob. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and fuel malt liquor. Yeah. Uh, I'd also like to buy her a handgun. That should cover the necklace. <laughs> Great show, Bush is here. <laughs> <laughs> Bush is here. That's great. But yeah, he was. In case you don't know, Phil Hartman was murdered by his wife, Bryn. Bryn, two years later. Uh, yeah, that was. He was hosting it, and I also think it was not a coincidence that he hosted it the the very next day. A fish called Selma aired of The Simpsons, which is ah. the most Phil Hartman-y episode they ever had. It is a great it's one. All about Troy McClure's sexuality. I have a fetish so unspeakable. Oh. <laughs> Gay, I wish. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such dates as last night. Uh, but this 1990, 1990- me, I ordered a Zima, not emphysema. <laughs> Greatest '90s joke of all time. But this 19. 19- 1996 episode is also famous in the SNL history books for being the first time we saw a certain clip which honestly can't do much audio for it other than this. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Roxbury, guys. Yep. Uh, this is Hadaway, and I had this album. Uh, dude, there, you can't. This is the most like set your watch to dance music, dance music of all time. That, that, Nod that, your head, guys. One, two, three, four. It's that bass. Bum, bum, bum. 
Like, you can't... And the dancing in this is so spastic and, like, all <laughs> over the place. And, like, I don't know. It's it's years after Vogue, but it's trying to do, like, a Vogue-ish thing. But it takes place in what looks like a gothic manor. <laughs> like, it's candles and dark and, like, shadows and people in, like, lace and black vampire-looking suits. Like... <laughs> There's no aesthetic to this that makes sense at all. Uh, so, yeah, at this point, relative newcomers Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell decided to use some characters they had done in Second City uh, as, as improvisers. The Roxbury guys, as they become to know, which are just uh, guys who, who are always shaking their heads at clubs, look like they're super cool, and can never get a girl. And they're yeah, just... instead they're terrible. Her, they're terrible and harassing women instead. Yeah. And, it, and it's just them they going... They kiss them with their pelvises. And yes. it's just them going to different clubs every night. And it, it, the first one's... It's the setup for it, though. I'd say, honestly, the best one is the Jim Carrey one when he's there. Right. With he gets a screenwriting credit in the film for some reason. Really? Yes. What? I think for something he may have thrown out or established during that sketch. But he's so per- like he gets into it so well with them. And yeah, I think this isn't as remembered as much, I guess, just because it was a movie that then I think deflated people's interest yeah. in the Roxbury. It's not fair. It's a good sketch. And it's a good movie, honestly. Like, we talked about it on SNL Movies, the Laser Time I'm, podcast. I'm pretty sure I know what Phil Hartman is promoting, and we'll I'll tell you more next episode. Oh, boy. Oh. Um, also, the show starring Sam Seder. Seder. Uh, Sam Seder. Right, uh, I know what Seder is. Do you, you know <laughs> Sam Seder, Elston, yeah. for the YouTube video of the birthday song. The character you see there is played by Sam Seder. <laughs> yeah. That's and, Fenton from Home Movies. And, uh, so catch me at the end of the show. So Sam Seder, he, he, I guess he's most famous to wind liberals like myself yeah. for his Air America show. Majority Report. The Majority Report with mm-hmm. Sam Cedar. And he's... Uh, but before that, he tried to be famous and get cast in stuff. And so there was a show... Uh, yeah, the, so the show sh- sounds fascinating. The show, the show premiered. It aired three episodes on Fox. Mm-hmm. Nobody liked it, but the it's it 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 was not saved by anybody. It's crazy the story of it that it just came back out again because a few months ago, Larry Wilmore, mm-hmm. the host of the show Night nobody the show. watches after the Daily Show, and like Larry uh, Wilmore I just. Such a I, worm. I kind of prefer Larry Wilmore now. So Ooh, yeah. I'm with that's you. Right. No Trevor, no, no. Sorry, Trevor. Uh, but anyway, Larry Wilmore You're wrote. There, Trevor. Larry Wilmore wrote on the show, which is funny because it is about a. Uh, it is about writing on a TV show. It it's is about a, a white guy writing a, a black. It is a black television show where, where the only black people working for it, and they hire a white guy who writes for Jane Leno, who's played by Sam Cedar, and it's it's all about like well this this culture clash of a white guy on the show. But what's even more interesting about the show is that Sam Cedar was hardly their first choice, as Larry Wilmore told it. The first choice of the creators of the show was. Uh, this character actor who'd only been in a few things and they're like, I think this guy can really handle it. And they take it to Fox and Fox is like, this guy is too ugly. He cannot be the star of a TV show. He is unattractive and we won't have him in it. But he would go on to play a bit part in the pilot uh, anyway just because they tried to sneak him back on the show because the producers liked him so much. Why don't we give it a listen? I'm uh, starting to put a few things together here. Jesus. Uh, the shaft and superfly posters in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrence, this room. Are we, uh, are we working on a black show? <laughs> yes, the Wilson Lee show. Didn't your agent tell you? Why, it never occurred to me to ask. Because, I mean, you're white. 
You write for Jay it's Leno. It's impossible. You can't get any whiter than that if you raise an albino in a closet. Yeah. <laughs> in, in case you didn't recognize that voice, that is Paul Giamatti. And Paul Giamatti and having a catching goddamn break. I wrote, a, I wrote the show and directed everything, and they cut me out. He played like that specific role in like really small parts, but that specific role for. It's yeah. probably about a decade. The, the wormy executive. Well, you probably, can't do that. I just remember he's that in the negotiator. He's <laughs> that in the shitty Planet of the Rem- uh, Planet uh, of the Ape remake. Pig it's, vomit. Uh, yeah. Big fat liar. Cody Banks. No, yeah. I know it's so. It's, house. it's yeah. so sad to imagine him God as like. Well, here I am applying to be the everyman. Like we we just don't see you as that. I we, was the rhino. We, a, you're we, too everyman. There's we no way an everyman gets that stressed out. <laughs> yeah. We have yeah. this despicable loser that you, you could play. I guess. Uh, to, to so, be fair yeah. to the network, he is too ugly to be in the show. But the show got canceled in three <laughs> episodes anyway. So that that clip is one of the few clips of it that even exists. It's this funny video that Sam Cedar did with his former co-host, uh, uh, Mark Eugenie Marin. Oh. Uh, yeah. Former co-host, Mark Marin, where he's talking about... It's a, it's a video series called Sam Cedar Should Have Been Famous. And it's just him <laughs> re-watching failed projects of his, and that's one of them. And so, yeah. I like well, the guy. I, I listen to a lot of Majority great. Report. He's and great. He's great on... Uh, he's, the health inspector on Bob's Burgers. Oh, now God, it's a great so reoccurring great. character on the show. I love him. I love him. And then uh, taking us out of 1996, this week, 30, geez, 20 years ago, uh, interesting to note that the need for speed, <laughs> not need for speed colon something or need for speed something, but mm-hmm. the original need for speed, uh, while it originally hit 3DO and other, I guess maybe PC, PC back in 94, mm-hmm. it came to PS1. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's called prominently on the top road and track presents the need for speed yeah is not involved yet uh no well i, I mean, mean they weren't involved in the first game well they published it oh they did they yeah because ea was I'll all shut up. ea was all up in 3do's business because i mean the trip hawkins connection from 3do to ea to mm. all this trip eh. hawkins used to run ea then he yeah. left to make 3do as his new platform yeah. and ea was number one on the call sheet for ea yeah. for 3do so th- despite a lot of support, 3DO wanted to be this multimedia platform. It's like, it'll play games. It can have live-action stuff because it has CD-ROMs and no other system does. And it's also $700 Ooh. in 1993. So Aye. that's basically impossible to own uh, in 1993 for that amount of money. And PS4s and PS3s do all that anyway, back in, I mean, 10 years later. But they it was, a big, it was a good idea at the wrong time. And also the idea that 3DO was... We will make a. Here's what the platform is, but JVC can have their own 3DO, and Sanyo can have a 3DO. Just like mm-hmm. the idea of a CD player, it's like, well, yep. this is our games machine, and you can do kind of whatever as long as you know they can play these games. Mm-hmm. But you can frill it up or tone it down, whatever you so want to do. Need for Speed was like the closest thing they had to a killer app, but sort people, of. I mean, there's yeah. others. Well, they, I'm looking. I yeah. think they released a special edition in '96, and that got ported everywhere. Yeah, so I mean, the first one was mostly like it's at a time when like oh, high res images. Mm-hmm. Well. Even high res, not really, but no. uh, for the time, clean, large images of cars and handling that wasn't super arcadey. And this is before Gran Turismo, so on a console, it was definitely like, oh wow, this is like if I'm into cars, yeah. this is kind of the only this is the only game in town in, in, in a sense. Um, and I need had to wait for a real console to catch up yeah. that was capable of doing it. it and need PC for only. I haven't played it once. I like rented it and was like, this is fine, but it's it's getting to that point where I'm I'm not technically proficient enough with cars <laughs> to, to to want to put in the time to get good at it. Not that it's a bad game. Yeah, it's that just, breaking gas, man. Well, I can do yeah, that, but uh, in an outrun sense. Nice. Uh, you want to you finish outrun. But 
That's uh, 30 years ago. Came to PS1. Uh, Multimedia-infused idea for racing with glamour shots, realistic sounds, licensed cars, video clips of the cars performing, and a tie into a magazine. Magazines, kids, are things with <laughs> gifts that don't move. Um, uh, 20 years ago this week, also, Resident Evil, a.k.a. Biohazard, comes out in Japan. It'll come up in the U.S. just on the next episode, so we'll save that conversation for later because it's kind of a big deal. Uh, but also really quick, Kirby Superstar is out this week in mm-hmm. Japan. We will get that later this year as well in the U.S. And really good game. Very good game. And to close us out, Panzer Dragoon Zvi, oh, love it. the second one, mm-hmm. uh, came That's out. That's what Zvi means. Yeah, Zvi. Uh, you would think they would keep that going. It's strange that they would do that because the first one doesn't have a German thing. The third one doesn't have a German. It's all it's part of a long relationship with Japan and Germany. Well, I mean, yeah, Panzer, uh, Panzer Dragoon is uh, Let's move on. <laughs> Panzer is a... I guess yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, what am I talking about? I mean, they love... They uh, they have a historical interest in Panzer tanks there in, in, in their media. Yeah, there's a lot of Panzer things. I think it's uh, the best 3D Saturn game. There so, Saturn. yeah. Uh, Panzer Dragoon mm-hmm. is this... Even though the... It was a launch game for the Saturn yep. in the in ninety five, and then a year later we get we get Zvi, but mm-hmm. it's like it's someone riding on the back of a dragon yeah. that can like target enemies and yeah. shoot them and, and like fire and you can, these you can missiles see, you at can them. Choose and, which direction you're looking in, chase an enemy that got behind you down. That yeah, that had like, not happened yet. Yeah, so it's like you're on a more or less a stationary dragon that is yeah. always moving forward on a track, but mm-hmm. you can look around you and like you can move you can move in a in a sense, but like it's not three D roaming. You're yeah. it's an arcadey kind of game, but you're just. Some Twi- branching stuff, but yeah. mostly an on on rails experience. But what I loved about it the most, even back then, and, and even more so now, is the music and, and the how the music the music cool. intersects with the even though the technology is mm-hmm. dated, the the imagery it's trying to convey with those rudimentary polygons. It's mm-hmm. such a cool world yep. and art direction, like how they convey this world where dragons fly around, yep. and that's the that that's the world you're in. It's it's very cool, and I don't think you can get one or two anywhere really. Order yeah. maybe. Um, the closest thing you can get to an official version is that uh, Crimson, Xbox One launch game, yeah. Crimson Dragon, which Ugh. was a spiritual successor made by a lot of the old team. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can for the original Xbox, there's Panzer Dragoon Orta, which mm-hmm. is not bad. I like um, it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm um, kind of bummed to find out they got rid of the, the uh, German number system before they got to Panzer Dragoon. Fumpf. Zex and Zeben? Yeah, that's uh, Zex, man. <laughs> so, radical lizard? Noin. Trans- Panzer Dragoon Noin. Uh, I should mention really quick before we leave, though, uh, the other company I do work for, Brave Wave, who is a music label mm-hmm. that will get in touch with Japanese composers and give them, like, you are now going to make an album for Brave Wave, and you get to flex your creative muscle in a way you maybe couldn't when you were making game music for a publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, the composer, not for Zvi, but for Saga and for Panzer Dragoon Orta, which is Saori Kobayashi, mm-hmm. she has a new album coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also already one up on, if you go to bravewave.net, uh, store.bravewave.net, uh, there's an album called Journey, and it's her and the composer of some of the Suikoden games. Suck it down. Joined and made a, like a, a duet called, uh, ensemble called Akane. So if you want... Mm-hmm. Panzer Dragoon style music, like what's going to take us out. There's a whole album of just that kind of stuff, and they're making music to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool. taking us out is, is is a track from the very first Panzer Dragoon, which I do love. Uh, but uh, when we come back, what happened this week in 2006? <laughs>
this is internet and all the ships at sea. This is the classic corner. We look even further back in time this week, March 18th to 24th, and see if there's any classic movies that are worth watching. And guess what? Yes, there are. 50 years ago this week, March 22nd, 1966, Masculin Feminine by Jean-Luc Godard. It's about French people and their loves and their problems and... It's pretty good, and I like it, and I don't know what this accent is anymore. Much more fun is 75 years ago this week, March 21st, 1941, The Sea Wolf, directed by Michael Curtiz, starring Edward G. Robinson and John Garfield and Ida Lupino, who we'll get to next week. Um, this is a lot of fun. It's, uh, I mean, it's based on the Jack London story, but it's action, swashbuckling, piracy, crazy sailors and wanting to throw people overboard. I think guy gets thrown overboard and like climbs his way back up from being keelhauled. It's got this super great, great classic Wagnerian score by uh, owner of one of the best names ever, Erich Wolfgang, Wolfgang Korngold. Uh, the Seawolf, I totally recommend it if you want a fun, piratey movie to watch. And uh, that's about it for this week. Stay classic. <laughs> Britney Spears or NSYNC got their moves? Here's your chance to get the inside look at how it's done. With Darren's Dance Grooves, the new video that breaks down the moves and shows you how to do them step by step. We step back on our right leg and then move forward. It is definitely the best choreographer of all time. His unique street style dance steps have been featured in music videos, award shows, and concerts seen around the world. Dancing's all about having fun. Now you can get down with my new video. Ain't no lie. Now these fresh moves are available for you to learn on Darren's Dance Cruise. Plus, Darren will show you his brand new pop and lock routine. I break it down so you can learn the dances at your own speed. When you're watching this choreography, you just want to get up and do it with them. Darren's Dance Cruise is not sold in any store. This is going to be the hottest video you've ever seen. To order, call the number on your screen or log on to musicspace.com. Must be 18 or older to call or log on. Into 2006, that is Neo with So Sick. Slow jams. Neo. Uh, we talked about uh, Neo, I think, prior uh, in a prior episode. Um, just really like prolific uh, songwriter was going to work with Michael Jackson on his new album before he passed in 09. Fishburne mm-hmm. called him the one. Who yes, about? yes, that's the same. Uh, the that, same. that reminds me, last episode was recorded before the news of the Wachowski sisters came yeah. out, and so oh, right. if you were wondering, like, why we're saying the Wachowski siblings, and Henry about refused it, not, to acknowledge. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> we were just not up to date with the news. Okay, people, so just just letting you know ahead of time. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of Neo would go on to like he had been working almost you wouldn't say in the background, but just it was not as 
getting a lot of the same fame as the people he was writing songs for or working with. And mm. this is kind of when uh, some of his songs, I think, when I started to notice them, because they were getting a lot of radio playlists where I was at the time. But uh, number one this week, and it'll be number one for two weeks total. So sick. I totally missed this. Never this heard this person before the show. Uh, we've talked about it on the show. So. That's exactly what I just said. But you <laughs> did make the same Neo joke two weeks in a row. <laughs> did I really? <laughs> uh, uh, a tired uh, old fuck. Um, but also this week, somehow Chicago had a new album called wow, Chicago Triple X or XXX. They're actually going into the hall, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Are they really? Yeah. Yep. Really? That's kind of offensive to rock and roll. Well, they've done they've done every other band up to this point. So. Uh, Cannibal Corpse new album, from, yes. a new live album from My Chemical Romance, Prince's Thirty One Twenty One, which came with a Wonka style ticket for a private show. <laughs> yeah, that I think he put on in L.A. Well, I think I remember it being, maybe it wasn't this album, but there was a, a thing about how he was upending the record industry by he was, anybody who got tickets to his show got a copy of his album, and that's how he was going to be giving out his new, uh, newest Which is r- now music. how they sell uh, tickets and albums. Really? Yeah, because like album sales are completely in the shitter. Like I think if you yeah. buy a ticket to Madonna's show, you get a download for her album, and she counts it as an album sale. I heard a similar thing happening in Japan with uh, anime. They they only make anime films that they can show in a theater at a high ticket price, and then basically sell you the Blu-ray yeah. and make you like that's the only way you get the Blu-ray is if you go and, and watch see it. it in the theater. Yes. Jesus. Well, yeah. I mean, also when you tour, like they make a ton of money on. Ticket sales, shirts, merchandise. Mm, yeah. So, like, hey, you got a tour if you want to make the money. Uh, movies this week, uh, t- 10 years ago in 2006. Uh, Viva Vendetta is number one. Uh, we yes. talked about it a great yep. deal last episode. Mm. I'm going to mm. do... Uh, I can't do Hugo Weaving. I can't do Hugo Weaving. on a cape and a Now, what do you have a bullets? When you yes, comes out of I want to be standing. My hands are... What are you going to do? Viva Vendetta was number one last week. Also, out this week is Inside Man. Speaking of Spike Lee. Spike Lee. And this is his last collaboration with Denzel Washington. A travesty. To this point, they're still bros. They're still buddies. I don't know. No, they are. If you listen to the podcast, Denzel Washington... Like, Spike Lee's talking about Denzel I've never heard Spike Lee talk so much. I had to listen to that. No, but also the Denzel... Like, Denzel last year presented him with his honorary Oscar. It was him... Samuel Jackson and Wesley Snipes. And, and uh, the funny thing they mentioned in that is that Wesley Snipes is acting all like he's on his best behavior because mm-hmm. he wants to get hired again. He's mm-hmm. in the mood for work. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, Denzel's like, Spike, we love you, man. And you're great. And all right, send it over to Sam. And mm-hmm. even Samuel Jackson's looking at him like, really? That's it? That's, that's <laughs> it. Huh? All right. Uh, he, well, Spike didn't give Denzel his break. They just no, have they didn't. broke together. They work together great. I'd mm-hmm. say. Well, Denzel does amazing work everywhere he goes. So it's not saying like yeah. he does his best work with Spike, but Spike's best movies I, are usually with Denzel. This made me think. Yeah. Denzel is like our last big movie star. Mm. I think so. Yeah. Except yeah. that for the last ten or so years, he's done nothing but movies I have no interest in. Where he plays a, like a Liam Neeson type. Yeah, well, yeah. No, other than Flight, Flight I thought was fine. That's the thing when your guys like him, you age into the. Now you're aging. Did you into see the, the Equalizer films? No, because no. his next movie after that is Equalizer too. Yes. So Den- it's just weird to think Denzel Washington doesn't I, make movies. I want to see. Uh, so the in- Inside Man is so great, and mm-hmm. it uh, it also it, Spike Lee really sneaks good. Spike Lee sneaks in the political stuff mm-hmm. into it too. It is oh, about, there is a lot of. I actually yeah. rewatched this last night really? because yeah. I realized looking at the list of movies for. 2006 like mm-hmm. oh shit I haven't seen any of these but I do own Inside Man mm-hmm. 
So I know I why. might as well, and you know why, don't I do. you? Because of video games. Yep, because yeah. I, I looked it up, we, Brett and I looked it up oh, before yeah. we were over here, because it has the most, oh, yes. what used to look like the most embarrassing and ridiculous depiction of video games ever, now it just is kind of funny, well, but I think he was trying to make some big point Spike, about violence oh, in games. Spike Lee was not happy about young kids playing violent video games. That that was... That it flashes was, across the screen, kill that N-word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then Clive Owen is just like, oh, you shouldn't be playing this. Man, Clive Owen is so Clive fucking Owen good in this so too. Good, As yeah. is uh, Chewy Elijah Four and J- yeah. J- uh, J- 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 Jody Foster. Jesus, yeah. Jody Foster's great. It is an acting like dream. It is so. It good was a hell of a cast. I, was, I mean, yeah. I was I was watching it. I'd seen a big chunk of it many years mm-hmm. ago, and I finally you know watch it straight through, actually paying attention. And it's like, oh, and Willem Dafoe is like the police chief, and it's like, oh, well, he's going to turn out to be in on it, right? He's going to turn out to be the bad guy. Because he's just Willem Dafoe and he doesn't have enough to do. Yeah. No, he's just yeah. Willem Dafoe and he has, doesn't have enough. It's like aquatic period. He's just there Probably to confuse you. Hired to be a red herring. Exactly. It's like, no, it's a great. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's an amazing heist film, really. And it yep. is. It is. I think it's also semi semi political because it is. Oh, it really, it is, really was. It is clearly in love with Dog Day Afternoon as well. well they mentioned like Dog Day Afternoon, oh, but I mean, they right. they put in Attica. stuff like. You know, one one of the workers in the bank is released by the hostage takers, and it's uh, I can't remember his name. Michael always knows his name. He's a Sikh guy who's in uh, a lot of Wes Anderson movies. I, I, yeah, I know. Um, him, yeah, but I'm I can't sorry. His name. I, sorry. I, uh, I can't. Oh, look it up. Move on. Okay, but uh, you know, they send him out, and he's Sikh, so he has a turban on. And the cops see him, and they're like, "Oh, he's a fucking Arab!" And is that a bomb? And then they rough him up. They steal his turban. And he gets really upset about it, and then they're like. Hey, could you help us, the police? And he's like, "Fuck yeah. you!" Yeah, it's so that's Fuck so you, that's such a great message of just like, "So, could you help us now?" Yeah. Like, Waris so- Ahula Walia. Thank you. Uh, it's Waris like we're sorry, Ahula. we're sorry, we you know racially profiled you and beat you, but I think you could help us. We could really yeah. use it. Like, yeah, that's. Uh, and it's also just about the banks being shitty and just a million. Mm-hmm. It's it's so good. It yeah. really give it a watch, everybody. You you have missed out on a, a and again Clive Owen. I just love films that are kind of almost like boxing matches, and this is like mm. Clive Owen versus Denzel Washington, and they just like yeah. have these verbal spats. It's just so good. So uh, good. also out this week, uh, Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector. <laughs> Which I do, I do not want to talk about. Also directed by Spike it's, Lee, right? Yeah, but no. <laughs> we we're both looking at YouTube videos because there's a best of on we're YouTube. All, I only want to play this clip and move on. I don't want to talk about the Let's rest of the movie. I apologize. I got to run to the toilet. Oh, my stomach ain't felt this bad since I had them fish sticks out of the vending machine at the Phillips 66. Down the hall, the first door on your left. I appreciate it. Oh, damn. Is everything all right in there? Everything's fine. Everything's good. Oh, the Lord Jesus and the shepherds. Uh, I've been what known, else was this week? I've been known to truncate <laughs> clips. That is just raw. That is the movie. It's in all its foley work and uh, sound mixing glory. So. Oh, you don't want to talk about it anymore. Jack, had it. I had Jackie queued up. The title is Larry the Cable Guy colon Health Inspector. Not yeah. Larry the right. Cable Guy in. Yeah, His yeah. name that, is in the title. It's more lazy than Ernest goes to place. It like, did remind me a, a little. Colon. It did remind me a little of Ernest movies in that like, oh, I was famous for doing this character. Now let's stretch this into a movie. But it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Again, there's just this thing where uh, for, and for Ernest, it's like the joke is always on Ernest. Mm-hmm. Like he is the one... To be made fun he's of. He's a kinetic character. He's fall- He's doing most of the falling down and the silly stuff. Yeah. And whereas, like, 
this Larry movie is like stuff's a parade of like gay jokes and like titty jokes. Yeah, and, I couldn't I, find a clip that wasn't like uh, that's someone some stereotype that is getting that is a butt of a joke that's not Larry the Cable Guy. I want to know is is the first scene of the movie he him being let go from the cable company. Oh. Because think, that would be yeah, pretty clever. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, because he has two cable. jobs in the that's, title. That's quite an upgrade well, for a cable guy. I mean, that's America's. That's that's America's is now. Everybody's got to yeah. get two jobs, to make ends meet, and get <laughs> yeah. her done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's this other movie? Uh, Stay I've alive. Never heard of it. Stay alive. Uh, Jan Foster, Frankie Muniz, video game movie where you, if you die in the game, you die for real. Oh Jesus. Uh, the only thing I don't remember this at all, but in the wiki when I was looking at it, uh, it's notable. To me, for being the first movie released by Hollywood Pictures since 2001. Yeah. So there was like what? a, what, a five-year gap? It's a long time to make a movie. It was one of those Ooh. shell Disney corporations to release movies that weren't animated and rated G. Uh, I and see. I think they, they right. set up so many of those that like they were, eventually weren't necessary. Put it under this label. And then Fuck Miramax that. came out. and like yeah, It has something to do with like the budget on them, too, because I know they had mm-hmm. Hollywood Pictures and Touchstone. And Touchstone yep. movies yeah. were often very good. Yeah. Hollywood Pictures... I don't think a single one was ever good. Encino Man, I think the thing one. was, you know, the catchphrase was, "If it's the Sphinx, it stinks." Yeah, it's the, <laughs> Sphinx, yeah. the Sphinx logo. Uh, TV this week, All right. uh, Henry Big Love. Well, so Ooh, last yay. week we missed two big ones. I blame TVTango.com for not having it on the list. But how dare you? So, uh, but let's just catch up with this week. On March nineteenth was the premiere of the series premiere, Big Love, which All right. is. I thought it was a good show with a great cast. And a better theme song. Yeah, yes. the, It was God Only Knows. Well, by, the, by the Beach Brothers. For, yeah. for the, the first couple se- first two seasons, I think it was God Only Knows. And then mm-hmm. it became terrifying. Because the end of, I believe it's the second season, uh, Gene Triplehorn's character is officially ex- excommunicated from the Church of Latter-day Saints. Mm. Which means she will spend eternity in the outer darkness. And then the show comes back, and originally, you know, the opening is God Only Knows, and they're, like, ice skating in space, and it's kind of a representation of of a heaven, of Mm. Mormon heaven. And now that she's been excommunicated, it opens with them spinning in darkness and reaching for each other and missing each other. It's... I like started to cry. I was so scared. And it's fucking opening credits. So yeah, Bill Paxton plays the patriarch of a of a uh, multiple mar- a polygamous marriage with right. uh, Jean Triplehorn, Chloe Sevigny, yep. and uh, another woman, Jennifer Goodwin. Jennifer Goodwin, <laughs> and then uh, what wasn't Amanda Seyfried is one of their kids, right? Yeah, yeah. and Harry Dean Stanton Harry is like Stanton. the big villain of the show, and he's fucking awesome. He's great. Him I, and Bruce Dern are oh, on God. fire on when, that show. When they were both cast on it, I was just like, well, they're gonna die before the next season. And like this is risky, and they're both still That's with us. So I underestimated them, uh, yeah. but yeah, it wasn't. It's it it's wasn't a show a, that yeah. eventually went off the rails. Yeah, uh, was, I thought it was really terrible bad. almost from the beginning. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, the, I the later lot... seasons it really went flying off the rails. But the first season or two, mm-hmm. I think, are actually pretty interesting. I didn't like it as much as his HBO contemporaries like Deadwood, no, or no, or Six Feet Under, no. or the also premiered on the same day on March nineteenth was the. Part one of season six of The Sopranos, Ooh. which uh, honestly, Sopranos is a seven season show, not a six season show. They oh, just yeah. cut it up in halves. So and they're like, oh no, this is part two of season six because we negotiated for only six seasons with actors. <laughs> but anyway, so the the uh, it is the beginning of the end for Tony on that episode. And, and I, I love. Last clip. Funny wine. Gotcha, Malanga. <laughs> Uncle June shooting Tony in the gut uh, yeah. and like that was the coolest depiction of a gunshot wound on a fat man <laughs> because he got it shot in his giant his gut. gut yeah he's like this cavernous hole and like 
I love The Sopranos so much. There's a billion reasons that I think it honestly will stand the test of time. They clearly mm-hmm. spent more money. It's gorgeous. And this episode begins. It's like two episode Tony well, in, in purgatory the... dream sequences that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. So what I love about the premiere is that it's a bait and switch in that yeah. they, they introduce a character who really hadn't been on the show before, who was just this put upon schmuck uh, of of. The, in the in the mafia, who eventually kills himself to save his family, and that's that's mm. what he does. And you think like, oh well, he's the death. Like they usually kill somebody in the first episode, or that'll be the eventful thing in the f- season premiere. And then at the very end, out of nowhere, Uncle June, who's got dementia at this yeah. point, mm. he thinks he just shoots Tony with no no provocation, just shoots yeah. him in the I gut. Love, he I, thinks he's somebody else. He says Casa Marenga. It's it's die. This guy he was assigned to kill that he had mentioned in the first season and yeah. never did or did, yeah well that, and that was I mean carrying over it was the first and second season mm-hmm. where it's like he's under house arrest and yeah. he's trying to get out of it by Pret- saying, pretending to be crazy pretending that he had dementia mm-hmm. and then he did have dementia ah, and I couldn't but when you talk about people who are still, like Dominic Chianese he's still with yeah. <laughs> still with us yeah. he's he played someone with like riddled with dementia and elderly age. Yeah. If that if that's not redundant, he was in Godfather Two. Godfather Two, <laughs> and so nice the episode. Singer. Oh, he's the one who, uh, who shoots the guy in the airport, right? Or, no, no, no. All right, but anyway, uh, and the uh, the episode this week was the Kevin Finity episode Kevin where Finity. Mm. Uh, he, it's the second to last one that is solely written by David Chase, mm. the creator of the series. And it is where Tony has a dream Surreal. of what his life would have been like if he was a boring dude. If he was a regular person. Just a regular person, mm. yeah. And I know, I'm trying, I'm judging by Elston's face, I don't know if we're making this sound interesting, but it really is an awesome, like, aside. I mean, it's an incredible show yeah. in general. And it's shot so well, and, like, their dream sequences are second to none. I love yeah. that Annette mm. Benning just shows up like, hi, I'm in your dream. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, like, this feels exactly like a, one of my dreams, how celebrities yeah. introduce themselves. Oh, no, it, she's, she's somebody, she's, uh, what, Meadow's boyfriend's mom. Yeah, and then, like, like half Halfway through the dream, he's like, "Wait, aren't you Annette Benning?" And yeah, she's like, like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> uh, well, to go into the low end of television, there was the second season premiere of another show this week. Oh God, Hogan knows best. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, Hogan knows best. The uh, reality show, the, the Osborne's uh, version of Hulk right. Hogan. It's Bye, everybody. all right. The only reason I bring <laughs> no, it up no, is it's fine. like, yeah, it's it is kind of it was supposed to be Hogan profiting off his his. Uh, Fame, but it ended up being the end of his like. It end made his, him infamous. End of his like, marriage is. Well, I think I guess Brooks cool, but the kids, yeah. The other, so he mm-hmm. did the show because his it, both of his kids were of you know were growing up, and he wanted to give him a leg up. He, Brooke was like, "I want to be a singer." She's not a very good singer. No, I'll do, brother. And so he's like, "Yeah, then we'll make an Osborne type show where my and it'll be about making you famous." Mm-hmm. And instead, it and just it won't made, be about like his crippling medical problems. No. It's it's that just won't a, be addressed. Well, I'm because sure. he's in very big control of it, and Hogan is, if nothing, very very vain, mm-hmm. very vain. And so he's very protective of his image in the thing. And that's you get to meet his wife, who would then become his ex-wife, and be like they they have gone through like an acrimonious divorce, like very publicly. Was, wasn't she like fucking Brooke's sex? boyfriend she was fucking someone way younger, yeah. younger. well then way the weird is, yeah they so, both did the exact same so thing. then when they divorce they both end up Get with it. a younger person he ends up with someone who may as well be a twin of his daughter oh. though then again his daughter looks just like his wife too so yeah. it's just and it's uh, yeah it it was crazy and this was also just the beginning of the end for like the beginning he, of the end for vh1 the channel <laughs> yes. on. he lost his wife 
He, his daughter never really she never became popular. Uh, his son became famous enough that he could get into horrible car accidents that would put his friend in a coma for the rest of his life and put him in jail. Oh my god! Uh, this was also in the around the same time, right after he got the divorce, is when he did the sex tape mm. that is all o- that he's now suing Gawker over, which also leaked the racist ass shit that he has been saying probably behind the scenes all his career. <laughs> and this was just like. This was it's just crazy thing like ten years ago when this came out, you're like, I don't want to hear about Hulk Hogan's dumb family life. He's a wrestler. And now it's just sad. It's just mm. sad. But, uh, but think, they did get to send him to do fun things that are funny, like send him to go buy tampons. The yeah, way, I, thought, so I thought I remember Hogan's Knows Best being notable because it was the only reality show that had on screen writer credits. Oh really? really? Like for a time, or like yeah, there are wow. people who are writers of Good for those writers the man. show because get... like just just fully like this isn't real at yeah. all. Like we come up with scenarios and it is in no <laughs> way real. None these people it. are they look, this looks so awkward because they're trying to pretend to be themselves. <laughs> no, be yourself more in their more. house. All right, no, you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And do then, it like this. Clearly, March is a time for season premieres, though, because this was also the season 10 premiere. Can you believe that season 10 of South Park premiered 10 years ago? That puts them in 20 this year. And this was the return of Chef. Oh, no. From March 22nd. Uh, Chris, you collected the clips. I I did. And like one, this this is just it's really mean. But I think this all started a season earlier with the Trapped in a Closet episode. It's a classic. If you know South Park at all. And uh, the rumor was was that Tom Cruise had banned it for making fun of him in Scientology. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't ban it. They just had some deal with, like, he's in Mission Impossible, which is also a Viacom company. Mm-hmm. So they didn't rerun it for a year or two. And Isaac Hayes eventually, because of Tom Isaac Cruise. Hay- and musician of the 70s. We talked yeah. about him uh, several episodes ago. Yeah, it was weird. Like, Creator I, of the Shaft theme. He, yeah. It was weird. I remember I heard them in an interview. And, like, how did you end up casting Isaac Hayes? And, like, they made us. Like, what do you mean? He's like, we, we were going to voice Chef, and they told us we're not allowed to, like, white people aren't allowed to voice black people. So we just, somebody said Isaac Hayes, and we like, they, like they, throw it, they threw him under the bus so hard. Yeah. He's, like, mm-hmm. dead in a few years. He had a stroke, uh, like, two months before this episode so, like, aired. So they, he, Chef returns in this episode, but Isaac Hayes has left the show. So what is the show to do? Do they write? They write. I mean, the... they barely use Chef even before the yeah. Scientology. Oh yeah, yeah. He, like, he... like the whole joke about him fucking white women was like done for a decade. It's one like, of those things of like oh, he's got season... one line in the movie. This was a season two joke, mm-hmm. and now we're in mm-hmm. season eight, and we don't feel like writing anything from. It's like it's same with like Pip. You don't see Pip yeah, you don't anymore. See Pip anymore. And and just let, let, but Isaac he just quit the show. A normal show would have written the character out like uh, he has to go now. His planet needs him, or this person dies off camera or leaves town. Instead, they like almost intentionally used old voice clips of yes. Isaac Hayes to voice just what, pithy lines uh, in between. I love the way he he says goodbye here. Bye bye, goodbye, chef. Goodbye, chef. Have a great time with the super adventure cub. Goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> and when he's like, "Thank you." Randy! Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Chef goes up to join the Super Adventure Club, a, uh, what? Like, it well, looks like a Disney Adventure Club, but they turn out to be a secret league of pedophiles and doctoring who, him to think of something. Who fly way. around the world molesting children. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I thought you guys go to discover things. <laughs> well, when we get there, we find out that everything had been discovered, but nobody had had sex with children where we went. <laughs> and so, so we do that, and they indoctrinate him into having sex with children. So I think I have a clip of him. They kill Chef. Oh, kill him. And so really play that clip real quick. What an adventure! Not a bunch of ridiculous bullcrap! Right, Chef? Chef? Don't forget all your training, Chef! 
Stay with us and your life will be grand and eternal! Chef, we love you. I'm sorry, children. No, Chef, they filled your head with lies! Can't you see that? Yes. Looks like our fruity little club is safe after all. So it's like yeah. a different voice. Lightning little bits. club. They're, they're still sticking to Scientology. So what happens? I tried to count. Let me recall it in my head. Chef is struck by lightning on a bridge. Falls off the bridge into a in, is, on fire. Is he's on, on fire. fire. He's impaled. This is how like bad their their falling out was. Falls is impaled by a pike, eaten by a mountain lion, and has his face ripped off. A grizzly bear rips out his crotch. Yeah. Oh no, mountain lion. Yes. Oh, grizzly bear. So he's killed in every possible way. And this is the last clip they leave you with. This this beloved oh, character. God. They killed Chef. <laughs> you bastards! You bastards! Pity. He would have made an excellent child molester. Maybe maybe he's still okay. No, really. They say the last thing you do before you die is crap your... <laughs> uh, well, and I have his eulogy, too, which uh, kind of sums up, I think, how they feel about him in the end. We're all here today because Chef has been such an important part of our lives. A lot of us... Don't agree with the choices Chef has made in the past few days. Some of us feel hurt and confused that he seemed to turn his back on us. But we can't let the events of the last week take away the memories of how much Chef made us smile. We shouldn't be mad at Chef for leaving us. We should be mad at that fruity little club for scrambling his brain. <laughs> and again, I forget if you don't know this about South Park, they make their episodes in a week. So this is like in the news at the time. And like, yeah, I just quit the show. Like, well, we're going to murder you. Yeah. Within a week. With malice. Like, they make it, they make him a child molester and then a murder. Yeah, because I think if like this is any other show, like, cooler heads would prevail. You have a little yeah. time to think about it, workshop something. And he really. Said South Park just brought this to air. And he never came back except in the South Park game. He is a boss in the game. His really? corpse is reanimated. Yes. Oh. Holy shit. And it's the bummed. same bit of using clips of his, um, of his old lines. Yeah, what did was- you sign, Isaac? Yeah, I was kind of bummed that they didn't, you know, fulfill the promise of the very end of the yeah. episode where Chef he becomes, Bader. yeah, when he becomes Darth Chef, uh, voiced yeah. by P- Peter Serafinowicz. I don't know if you wow, noticed that. Didn't know that. Uh, but voice yeah, of Darth Maul. But he never came oh. back. He never came but back. But there was uh, no Darth Chef. They were just done with him. They're like, nope, we're done. Yeah. Um, Video games this week. Uh, so March twentieth, uh, two thousand six, is actually an important date for uh, several things. But for, as far as games go, uh, Metroid Prime Hunters, which uh, I'll reference why that stands out to me. But it was the DS's... Uh, this is before the DS Online Lite. game? Well, it's like... before the DS Lite was even out. So mm-hmm. the, the original DS, which launched in November of 04... Awkward thing. Uh, was an awkward machine with a bad, like, back, bad backlit screen. But one of the demos inside was a Metroid Prime first-person shooting demo. And now the game is finally out over a year later. It's Samus running around fighting these other bounty hunters. Decent single-player mode, and then actually a totally respectable online voice chat-enabled DS wow, game. And you could talk back and forth. It was in a Nintendo game? Yeah. And uh, you could use a rumble pack. And you could put the, the, the GBA rumble cart that came with, what, Metroid Prime Hunter? Or Metroid uh, Prime Pinball. Pinball. Yep. Uh, which is actually really good. <laughs> but anyway, Metroid Prime Hunters was a totally good game, and, and like kind of gets overlooked a lot. But... Uh, Tetris DS, I think, is also out this day, which what a good game, would go man. on to be actually very valuable. It's, yeah. it's hard to find So now. the thing is, the Tetris is owned by the Tetris Company mm-hmm. because it was never bought by anybody. It was created... Well, it was bought by somebody. Well, 
It was bought from the Russian government because it was created by a Russian and the government Ru- employee. And the Russians were like, "We own these." Uh, but then Hank we Rogers to put Mario and Tetris four rubles. But then Hank Rogers was this uh, Hawaiian guy who was one of the few Americans who worked closely with Japanese companies to publish games in Japan, and he had a very close relationship with uh, Nintendo. And so then he became the concierge, if you will, for Alexei, the creator of Tetris. Those. Those two guys would later just end up owning the Tetris company and licensing it to whoever. They recently licensed it to Ubisoft. In the past, they've licensed it to Sega. I have an EA and, version on my phone. EA and Nintendo. But, and Nintendo made it famous with Game Boy. They knew yeah. the second they saw Tetris, if we put this on the Game Boy, we will sell 8 billion Game Boys. And they were right. And it became associated with Nintendo, even though Nintendo doesn't own Tetris. Sure. So this was a big deal that Nintendo... That was one of the first times in a long time they decided, you know what, we'll pay the thing, we'll license Tetris, and we will make a Tetris game again. And it is bathed in Nintendo nostalgia. Yeah, it is like fl- Nintendo sprites everywhere, uh, cool modes that just change. Like, oh, it's not just the blocks falling. It's like, here's a little Samus sprite, and the Tetris blocks fall from all four sides. And you make Ooh. this giant block that you then have to navigate around a thing as you're Ooh. building on it. So it's like That's fun. extra complex stuff, but with like Zelda music playing and Metroid music playing. It is really good. So because it is a rare, it is one of the rare instances of a licensed Nintendo game. Yeah. It can go out of print and does in a few yeah. years. And so that's why it's worth a lot of money now. Like and it's like so eight by Hudson? And it's eight players. Yeah, we Hudson can, was oh. the dev. Hudson worked close with Nintendo on a lot of stuff. And their, they, their English selection page on their website is still open. Oh, no. Wait, is it Texas? It's not Tetris Access. No, no, no. no it's Tetris 3DS. It or, redirects sorry, to that. Sorry, Tetris DS. Tetris that is the name of it. Uh, also out this week, rapid fire stuff for the other two big things. Uh, Blazing Angels, yet another yeah. role. Uh, if it's an airplane game, I finished it. So I finished Blazing Angels from Ubisoft. True Crime in New York City came out on PC. Worms Open Warfare. Metal Gear Acid 2, which was the what card, the tactics yeah, game. Yeah, the card game for the PSP. PSP. Godfather the Game. Uh-huh. Which, spent a lot of money on that. that which, I mean, we could probably go on and on about that, I'm sure. Suikoden 5, which is another fine game. Uh, but Oblivion, fucking mm. Elder Scrolls Oblivion yeah. is 10 years old this week. Wow. Um, wow. We were kind of arguing off camera in a humorous to serious way about whether Morrowind or Oblivion was bigger. Um, just about like what made it famous. What and made it, Elder Scrolls and, uh, and, and it's a true. Big, yeah, Morrowind. I would say it was Morrowind. Well, and people yes. were anticipating Oblivion for, yeah, yeah, because yeah. of Morrowind. Yeah, and More that's true. people were. I think it got the ball rolling, but Oblivion, Oblivion was what, the mainstream. Maybe. It got as big as Call of Duty with Oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's because people knew what the series was because yeah, yeah. of Morrowind. Yes, but it's like... But it was also the first yeah. chicken or the egg. I think it was a chicken. But yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was also that the 360 was relatively new at this point, yeah. and it was the first thing that I think people... People, a lot of people who yeah. probably never heard of Morrowind bought this just because it yeah. could. Sh- it was the biggest. It was thing. a showcase. It was a showcase for their 360. They didn't Mor- care Mor- about yeah. fantasy. Yeah, uh, and I mean, yeah, the, a huge budget ended up selling 3.5 million units. Wow. Uh, famous for the DLC horse armor because no one knew how to do DLC at the time. Yeah. The Godfather was offering its cheats through DLC at cheats. this point. Yeah, no Ooh, one knew what Jesus. the hell to do with DLC because it's 2006 and people are still trying to figure it out. Um, but I mean, I barely played this. I know Patrick Stewart was like a voice in the beginning. Like this, now, this is like one of those achievements that I got because it's like, hey, start the game, make it out of the sewer, fifty points. Okay, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I have friends who just got completely sucked into this and later Skyrim. Uh, I mean, Oblivion. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't have enough to say about it personally because I didn't 
sink that much time into it. But it is one of those games that it can take over. Like it becomes a hundred, mm-hmm. two hundred hour thing where you just do everything. I got to play every class and do every quest and see everything. Yeah, um, I had yeah. friends who really got pulled into it too. I, I never. I deleted was. the save data from my my like quick playthrough when I was borrowing it because every time I would compare achievements with friends. That's always like you have one. They have everything from <laughs> yeah. all all the island DLC or whatever that's called. Shivering Isles. Shivering Isles. Yeah, and this is the game I always wanted to play, but I, I just never I never had that kind of time. Yeah, yeah. even then, because uh, because Games Radar, the website that uh, we ended up working at, uh, launched. Well, I was there on March twentieth when it launched. I started along with Michael actually mm-hmm. in November of '05. But for four or five months, we worked behind the scenes to build a database of shit that so the website there would be things to read so a lot of 2005 4 and 3 games we went back and reviewed we came up with a bunch of features i I put a bunch of speculative stuff about the nintendo revolution Mm -hmm. because the Wii hadn't been named yet Mm. well Uh, if listeners don't know diana's husband michael also started it with brad michael that's being referred to the widow michael raparas yes (laughs) um but i mean it was strange working on a website that didn't exist for four months, but <laughs> it was from it was Future who had a bunch of magazines in the U.S. and the U.K. and I was still living in the, in Illinois and I had been freelancing for PSM long enough. It wasn't the story that that Future was known as Imagine and they created a, a, a place to deposit their magazine reviews called Imagine Game Network. Uh, that was then shortened to IGN and sold to another company. Well, they, they did that. A website? I don't think they were using it for the magazine dumping ground. It was. Like, if you go IGN back to their, their early reviews, they're all people you know from Future. I mean, you personally. Well, because, like, game players and things like that. It, but that's what it was. And, like, Future was chasing that dragon ever since to try and build well, Yeah, they a sold game. it to Snowball, I think, mm-hmm. or whoever in 01. And then they sold it to Fox. Then it went to Fox. And, and then IGN became whatever it is now. I don't know who do they, Ziff I, Davis. Do they mm. unbelievably Ziff Davis, who shut down One Up, <laughs> then like came Sold back it? from came back from bankruptcy to buy IGN. Really? Yep. Wow, it's, I it's totally more missed complicated that. than that. Wow. But it's it's insane. I, um, well, like, they, you they guys split, don't want to hear the ten. They split in multiple different companies. Sure, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, so we launched at, on this day. More, I think this week uh, at least, if not on the twentieth, with the day that because Prime Hunters was the first review that I remember writing that was. That had to go live. Mm. Everything else was already put in the hopper to go up. But then, so we start this website that was just supposed to be like, we're going to try to, they're going to try to do IGN again. Mm. And I'm young enough at that point, I'm only 25, but I don't know any better that that's going to be an impossible task because there's already GameSpot and there's already IGN and Mm. there's one up. Like, you don't need to be a fourth. There's GameSpy was still going. Like, it's my gaming basement. My gaming basement. Those assholes. Yeah. (laughs) Game Sonar. (laughs) But. It's so crazy to think of all these websites that existed at one point. Yeah, and I mean, so we start and then we work for like a full year just kind of doing what everyone else does. Mm -hmm. It's like you should write reviews, previews, and like the first feature that we really did that did any traffic of note, we'll talk about in a couple weeks, is a Kingdom Hearts 2 Mm -hmm. guides, Mm -hmm. cheats. And cheats exist because of Cheat Planet, which is what Future bought to get the traffic Mm -hmm. so that there would already be an audience when they merged yeah. Cheap Planet and Games Radar, like, oh, there's already going to be like... It wasn't contentious at all with that community. Yes, it uh, didn't go over well, <laughs> and it would continue to not go over well. By the way, thanks for staying with us. Yeah, those of you who stayed around, uh, yeah. Those, yeah. If anybody listening to this is somehow still from the Cheat Planet days... Uh, would be surprised. Bless you. Seriously, mm-hmm. bless you seriously, you are, you are a dear. Um, but it took the site like two years to really get uh, its own uh, you know, identity. Like, we started doing the top sevens, which was... At least a, a, li- a listicle thing, but it was born mm-hmm. from, well, f- if these are what are starting to be popular on the internet of condensing information mm-hmm. into lists, 
let's at least try to do them in a funny way or a authoritative way where it's like, yeah, we'll do a game about video game hats as, a, as <laughs> half as a joke, but I'm going to actually argue with you why this is a, in, within the context of this game world. This hat is great. I'm not going to shish shit out two paragraphs about a hat and call it a day. We're going to have a real conversation about these fucking hats. I remember one. I want to talk to a hat expert. My first assignment was for a top seven mm-hmm. and all oh, the prices I was getting for freelance at radar was mm-hmm. unbelievable. It was like a hundred dollars. Because we need you to play Jade Empire up until as this char- character up until the point where these women kiss for our top seven girls kissing article, which Michael wrote, which I believe, well, I, which I believe has been erased from the internet. Actually, that, yeah. um, a lot of stuff from uh, those days have been erased from the internet. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I understand if you don't like gawking yeah. at it, but it's still like it is a feature, and it was you could you ha- there there maybe were seven games where that was allowed to happen. There were yeah. fewer and, games to talk about back then to get stuff from. And I and, and, and not only was it not controversial in any way that uh, hello no. thanks thanks Windows 10 that I didn't ask for you piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, this thing. I, I, I got paid $100 to go, go home on the weekend and play the shit of Jade Empire to play up to this point so it could be captured on video. <laughs> and by the time we got back, we had also contacted Bioware. And Bioware's like, oh, that's cool. Guess what? They made us cut that scene out because they thought it was too risque to ever show on camera. So here's the raw and unedited feed. Wow. And gave like an HD vert. Because again, I just want to emphasize there was no controversy in these, in these kinds of articles or that anything and there'd be any fallout from writing about girls kissing because right. it, it mm. you there were maybe seven instances on yeah. screen in video games at that point but that was like a directive we mm. got early on was mm. like oh so it turned out the two things that trafficked turns mm. out nobody reads previews even to yep. this day like nobody cares mm. if, unless it's your first exclusive thing and no one else has it mm. your previews aren't getting read sorry mm. uh it's reviews and it's like mm, yeah mm. it's really the, the review the first week of the review is the, is the the biggest thing that most games ever get unless you're debuting it in some fashion um but the first things that took off were guides and any kind of clickbaity girls nonsense so there was this period for like a year year and a half where like yeah it's my job i gotta write some article about like girl well not girls kissing because we did that already but like a history of game babes or whatever it's like i got i guess and then I, in between i'm going to try to write this really tasteful review for worms open I got warfare no shame i made fun of any audience who would be reading it and it's like you do that and you do that okay sure it'll float whatever you want to do for the rest of the month and it's not yeah. my fault that's what everybody's going to click on yes yeah. so, I, yeah, we so you're saying that what happened is you were shut down by the pc police <laughs> that, that, that never really evil happened. feminists like me came in and said stop making fun with the women in the beginning i think we all oh just, i didn't make i, I never made fun i, th- I think I we, was all, we all, all just kind of got tired of it yeah, don't yeah. You don't yeah. criticize those women's journey, okay? <laughs> yeah, we never... It was just this feeling of, like, you, all of a sudden you realize, like, I mean, yeah, the traffic's going up, and that's good because we'll have jobs, but, mm-hmm. like, I kind of got in this to write uh, write yeah. reviews or whatever, which is... Uh, I wanted to be... It got to this point, thankfully, where after, like, two years, we hit this beautiful cross-section where they wouldn't let us write reviews. Not wouldn't let us, but you had to, like, fight for the right to write a review. Otherwise, it and was... your husband did. It was like, write a feature that's going to be funny, which is a good skill to learn, mm-hmm. and we did. So that's what I'm arguing about. We should be doing super reviews, and here's what, we're, here's what that is. It's going to be a feature, that, a review that reads like a feature. We're going to take all of our own screens. We're going to, take, mm-hmm. we're going to make fun jokes. We're going to make an, like, visual analogies. It's not going to be this block of text, and it's going to, it's going to, you're going to feel like you read a feature, and at the end there's a score. And that worked really well, and finally reviews started trafficking for us because it was at least a gimmick. It was at least a thing, and video wasn't like what it is now where every site just has videos all, all over the place. Mm-hmm. We try to take as much footage as the review stipulations wow. from a publisher would allow. I mean, we employed like a a video guy and yeah. a video intern. Yeah. Like, that was it. Mm. Yeah, and 
more importantly, around that same time, just a year prior. So 2008, 2009 is when the site became what it's most known for, which is when we started Talk Radar mm. and all the people that, that would – we all kind of fed into what became this identity for the site. And 2008, 2009, 2010 – are really basically what also then formed the basis of what laser time and thus 302010 kind of is to this day. But it all yeah. started 10 years ago, more or less. This week is when you, the listener, if you're still a reader, if you were a reader back then, it's now 10 years ago since I started actually publishing on the live website. And then... And- the internet's Brett Elston for 10 years. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy to think. It's so yeah. sad. Well, it's also, well... But then how, you were like I don't what? Want to, I don't want to know how. You were 07? I got hired in 08 as an intern okay. and uh, left at, uh, a, I guess, a year ago, uh, April 15th. Or, no, 420, 2015. Good. Uh, right after I left was when they stopped publishing Top 7. So when you started getting baked. That was, pretty much the, that was pretty much the end of the Top 7 era there, I would say. And it's just, uh, uh, you know... Well, it's good we don't for a have to, website yeah. to stay open for ten years, I guess. If uh, whatever, uh, no one said you had to talk about your feelings about it now. Hear the uh, hear the words I'm not saying here. <laughs> uh, and then Chris came on as an intern in '07, and then nope. joined. Or it was eight oh six, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then you got like. Hired in 07, yeah. like joined fully. Outrageously long time later, yes. Yeah, it was like it was a while. But well, at least you got paid for freelance. I didn't get paid nothing. It for was freelance. it was crazy. If I, I I don't I guess I don't care Kids now. Kids get paid uh, for exposure now. I was yeah. paid to rewrite magazine reviews, <laughs> like fifty dollars to rewrite a one hundred word thing, and just put it up under under just a meh, just so it's here. Yeah, it's yeah. Just somebody else's score. Yeah. So thankfully, the site ended up like 06 and 07 were just weird years where it's like. Future is a company that's been around for a while. It knows how to cover games. It's had magazines for over a decade, 20 years probably, between game players and other... other... I never say it. To their credit, like, everybody else around them has collapsed and gone away. They've stayed open. They have not. They have not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... To their credit, that is true. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, things like... They own Nintendo Power for a while. There was OXM. There was PSM. There was PlayStation, the official magazine. There was Game. There was so many things. There's still PC Gamer to this day. Yeah, PC Gamer. Um... But anyway, that's the Game Pill. Mm-hmm. That's all March 20th, this exact week, which finally plugs everybody. Yeah. Before we get Whoa. out of here. Uh, we're future.us. No, uh, LaserTime. <laughs> LaserTimePodcast.com. Home to this show and many others like LaserTime, uh, I believe. At some point, Diana did a, another quiz down with us, and you yeah. are going to hear the fruits of that labor. And uh, our friend uh, Mike Drucker came on so we could bash Florida and talk about Flo- Florida's times. influence on pop culture. Hopefully, yeah. they've Fun done nothing. Florida. Hey, hey, I mean, I agree. But, You're not uh, a Floridian. You can't say that. No, uh, that's why I can say Florida is our word. <laughs> oh, I agree that we need a wall, but it's not where Trump wants to put it. Um, <laughs> uh, there's also, you know, Talking Simpsons, the weekly exploration Indeed. of every episode of The Simpsons, which we gave you a tiny taste of it, at, uh, not intending to earlier in this episode. Uh, third season is, is third is, season has begun. It has begun, it has and begun. If we had an awesome season two wrap up. Uh, so if you like this show and want to hear just what's going on at the time of The Simpsons Apex. The apex of its popularity. Patreon.com slash laser time. There's one season. The first season, Talking Simpsons, is there for you for the low cost of five bucks, uh, as is this hour long season season wrap up where I'm hammered, but it's a bunch of news clips talking about how bad Bart is and the Ooh. Simpsons hosting the Emmy. It's it really is fun. It's so great. It is so great. Yeah. And also, there's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast I host every week, and Cheap Popcast, the wrestling podcast as well, if you like that Hogan talk. And there's Video Game Apocalypse. Hey. If you like video games, which you probably do, we recently did. Uh, Michael did a top five about booby games. 
teams. Oh, yeah. All of which is research he, he culled around the, the GR times. Oh, yeah. the, so much of it was like I would, I would like walk back and like, hey, hun, you know, uh, dinner's about ready or you want to do this or we're going to watch Better Call Saul and I'm watching him. It's like he's playing Playboy the Mansion. <laughs> And he's like going through the character select screen and they're like, they all look exactly the same, but they're like, model, journalist, model, model, bunny, model, <laughs> Supreme Court justice. <laughs> it was amazing. Honey, you in the triangle tits? I was like, mm, Michael is so dedicated. He really is. I also do VG Empire, the game music podcast. So if you like the music in games, not just the Panzer Dragoon bit we played there. Uh, we recently did an episode about, uh, what do we do? We did Mario RPGs. Superman. We did an episode about Superman for Sega Genesis, which is remarkably good. Uh, we just recently also did our third Zelda episode covering uh, Link Between Worlds, Skyward Sword, and other Zelda titles you can find on VG Empire on Twitter or on VGEmpire.com. Boom. But that brings us to the final segment of the show. Oh, birthday is a and who's the guy in the back of this? That's Fenton, Fenton, played by Sam Cedar from the show from several segments ago. Yes. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, home movies once again with this theme song. Uh, birthdays this week, 18th to the 24th of March. Ice cream and prizes. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Adam Levine. Queen, Queen Latifah, Bruce Willis, and A.J. Lee have the same birthday. Henry. Oh, wow. Uh, she's a wrestler. So do I. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's the same birthday. <laughs> yes. As as Bruce Willis and A.J. Lee? Yep. If it's oh. the 19th. I don't know about oh, A.J. Lee. Yeah. But Bruce Willis well, for sure. Oh, wow. There you go. Uh, Undertaker turns 51 this week. Ooh. And Sting turns 57. We never said God that. Damn. In the previous segments, I turned 6, 16, and two, <laughs> 26. Oh, that wow. Also, those also happened. Yeah, but what'd you get for your birthday in all those? Uh, let's see. Cigarettes, sex, pornography. Is a six <laughs> Um... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman, Matthew Broderick, Reese Witherspoon, William Shatner turns 85. Yes. Wow, yeah. Keegan Michael Key. Spike Lee's birthday is actually this hey. week. Yes. Wow. So he keeps putting movies out. Uh, the quiz A dancer born in 1978. Dancer. 1978. I'm going to have to start the song over. Holy shit, younger than me. Uh, born in 1978, danced behind Justin Timberlake and Michael Jackson. In the Mickey Mouse Club? It's Britney Spears. Can't say. Mm. 2004 was in You Got Served. You Got Served. Was in a famous famous celebrity wedding in 2004 as well. What? To the person you just named. Bruce Willis? The guy who married Britney Spears for one day? Yes. Kevin Federline? Kevin Federline. I wanted to get someone that actually stumped somebody. Or, or, you know, as we do... K-Fed? K-Fed, as we do call him. The K. The special K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. so and, and the last 10 years he has done... Uh, he has uh, been on this website. Uh, you want to... Uh, famousbirthdays.com. <laughs> you got to catch a, catch a ride in the Federline Express. Um, <laughs> he was in a Super Bowl commercial a while ago about uh, making fun of uh, what a loser he'd become. Of just like, become? Was, well, it was some job... It was some sort of job site of just like, hey, you can go from, ze- uh, from hero to zero real fast. And he's like... They're showing a ugly music video of his stupid ass, and then they that it cuts to him as a fry cook, and they're like, "Oh, you could be a loser like Kevin Federline." So it was him, <laughs> him cashing in on mocking himself. So taking this out, we'll be uh, speaking of the Metroid Prime Hunters theme. It's just the title theme to Metroid Prime, which is such a great like spooky reimagining of of Metroid into a sci-fi scary vibe instead of just. I mean, it had always been that way. The first Metroid was definitely mm-hmm. going for an alien vibe to begin with, but mm-hmm. this is like just such a sci-fi, cool theme song uh, that is approximated in Prime Hunters as well. So we'll be back next week with another look at what happened 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Thanks for listening. Yeah.